All right, guys, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network as I'm playing a little country grammar tonight. I'm feeling a little southern, as it were, tonight on this very broadcast. But uh, again, welcome to the SNS Radio Network for another episode of Unplugged. A lot of things to talk about. News of the week upcoming with the fucking foreign kid, Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com. There's a rumor that he's coming to America. I'm scared for the Americans, quite frankly. I'm in Canada, so I'm not so much worried. But, uh, yeah, Crelly in America, that's a scary thought. We'll talk about that more on the program a little bit later on. I've got a SmackDown review for tonight. Unfortunately, I didn't catch all of the matches, so it's going to be kind of impartial. I'm just going to have to go through a spoiler list to kind of let you guys know what happened if you didn't watch the show. And in the second hour, the Sensational Sean will be joining us once again to talk some gaming news of the week and... Who knows? Maybe we'll talk some movie news. It could get real interesting real quick on this particular program. Uh, I will be taking your phone calls later on. The number 501-588-7957, as always. And, of course, your emails can be sent to unpluggedjj at yahoo.ca. But with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the festivities of what went down on tonight's WWE SmackDown on the Sci-Fi Channel. Let's see, we start things off on SmackDown, which was taped in Philadelphia. The impending site of Bound for Glory, the impending site of one Chris Kelly, who's coming to America from England to see Bound for Glory. Oh, that's going to be an interesting time, I guarantee. So we start things off on SmackDown with Triple H opening the show. Uh, He walks down to the ring and basically says that as of Monday night, he tried to do the right thing. As far as the WWE Championship was concerned, since we didn't have a champion, uh, you know, they finished the finals of the tournament. He righted a wrong as far as John Cena was concerned. Gave him a rematch for the title in which he won. And then late in the evening on Monday before the show went off the air, he signed CM Punk to a new contract. Next up, he starts talking about uh, the State of the World Heavyweight Championship on SmackDown. Uh, World Heavyweight Champion Christian comes out and interrupts. There is some back and forth between Triple H and Christian. Uh, namely, Christian, you know, talking about he's the World Heavyweight Champion. Triple H saying that unlike Vince McMahon, it's not cool to interrupt him when he's cutting a promo. So he sets up a match for later on in the night. Um, well, actually, he says that he'll defend his title against Randy Orton at... SummerSlam in a no-holds-barred match. Um, Our truth comes out, starts talking about the conspiracy against him. 
as well, of course, as the little Jimmies all around the world. Um, Hunter is gracious enough to inform him that R-Truth will, in fact, be facing Randy Orton in the main event for tonight's show. And he also tells Christian that he will be facing John Morrison tonight on SmackDown. Uh, next up, we have World Heavyweight Champion Christian taking on John Morrison. I did not see this match, so I did hear a little bit about it, though. I heard that Morrison uh, did the Starship pain, and I guess they had to redo it or something. So, again, don't shoot the messenger. But apparently uh, Christian gets the win with the kill switch over John Morrison. Uh, next up, we have Wade Barrett, who comes out, cuts a promo talking about Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bryan comes out and says that Heath Slater cut the same promo last week, and he took him out, made him tap in the middle of the ring. Barrett punches him and then taunts Daniel Bryan with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Daniel eventually counters and puts Barrett in the LaBelle lock. Next up, we have a backstage segment with Teddy Long uh, talking to Zack Ryder. Mark Henry walks up between them, and Ryder tells him he will find him an opponent tonight. So apparently, uh, as per Triple H, Zack Ryder is now the administrative assistant, or at least Teddy Long's sidekick, on SmackDown. This is good for Ryder because it's going to give him TV time, and I can already see the friction building up between him and Teddy Long. So at least they found a successful program to possibly put Zack Ryder on. Uh, does he stay on Raw from here? I'm not really sure. I guess time will tell. Uh, Triple H also makes, um, I just co I covered that. He makes him Teddy Long's assistant. We have WWE Tag Team Champions David Otunga and Michael McGillicuddy defending their uh, unified World Tag Team Championships against the Sons of Rikishi, the Usos. And uh, I really thought, watching this match, I really thought, man, this could have been a great time to put those belts on a tag team that's been around for a while, for you know for a little bit, the Usos have been around for what about a year now, uh, squandering on you know on the uh, on superstars and, and various other programs. I thought, man, this could be a nice little push for them. I still think that they're going to get those titles maybe by SummerSlam or at SummerSlam, but uh, tonight the match between Michael McGillicuddy, Otunga, and the Usos, pretty decent match. The Usos had the upper hand until David Otunga. Uh, basically turned the tide for his team, allowing Michael McGillicuddy to hit the McGillicutter on one of the Usos and retain their World Tag Team Championship. Backstage, we have yet another Johnny Curtis promo, and he says that he will, in fact, debut next week on the program. Does anybody else give a shit at this point about Johnny Curtis? You know, I hope the guy can do something in the ring because I'm sick of his promos, quite frankly. You know, I don't need the cliché, the chip is on my shoulder, uh, I'm going to have my cake and eat it too, blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. If this kid is any good on SmackDown next week, that'll be the telling story. I just hope that he doesn't carry this stupid gimmick over with him when he begins his career, but that's probably where it's headed. But that's just my two cents. Uh, we have Matt Stryker interviewing R-Truth in the back. Truth talks about being an eagle and grabbing a snake like a viper. Pretty good R-Truth promo. I, I really do like what they've done with R-Truth in, in recent months. Uh, going from this babyface character uh, to a really good heel persona. I think his promos are great. I love the fact he comes out to no music whatsoever. But the truth will set you free. I love the fact that he talks to, like, nobody that's, that's right there with him. 
and I think that that's a really good dynamic, and I hope this character continues. I'd like to see bigger things for a guy like R-Truth in the future. Uh, next match, we have Cody Rhodes uh, and Ted DiBiase taking on Intercontinental Champion Ezekiel Jackson in a handicap match. Uh, in the end, Ex- Ezekiel Jackson suffers uh, a crossroads and allows Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase to pick up the win. Anybody smell a Intercontinental Championship promo? Going into SummerSlam between Cody Rhodes and Ezekiel Jackson. I think it's going to happen. Next up, we have a very strange Jinder Mahal promo as he's actually cutting it from the stands in the arena alongside the Great Khali. I feel like we should have, uh, what am I looking for, cliff notes or at least subtitles on the TV screen so that we know, at least we know, watching the show, What's being said? I mean, I know that the people in the audience have no clue as to what's being said. So, you know, why should we get preferential treatment while we're watching it on TV? Subtitles, please. Next week, if you're going to have this promo, subtitles, WWE. Help us out a little bit. But I really didn't think this promo did much for Jinder Mahal or the Great Khali. Other than establish a little bit more, I guess, heel heat for him because the crowd absolutely hated on both him and Khali. Uh, next up, we have our main event of the evening, R-Truth uh, taking on Randy Orton. Pretty good main event here, but the ending came when Orton uses the chair. World Heavyweight Champion Christian watches the match from the top of the ramp. After the match, Orton hits an RKO on the announce table that has become absolutely unbreakable. I think they've gimmicked it to where it's not going to break anymore. So from now on, when we see uh, an RKO or a pedigree or anything, from the announce table, chances are it's probably not going to break. But that's how we end the show. Based on what I saw, I like the show. I'm going to give it a solid B+. You know, see where things go from here. We've got, you know, SummerSlam coming up in a little over two weeks uh, from Los Angeles. So I want to see where this goes. But so far, I'm liking it. The only, I guess, caveat tonight that I didn't like is... I'm tired of seeing Raw guys on SmackDown. I'm tired of seeing SmackDown guys on Raw. Now, I understand having Triple H there because he's the new owner. He's the new COO, which is fine. But when you're in a situation where you're bringing in guys like John Morrison and R-Truth, if you're wanting to keep these brands separate, you're not doing a very good job. But that's just my two cents. So with that said, let's go uh, to the phone lines sponsored by HeadlocksToHeadlines.com. And joining me on the phone line right now, he is the said owner of that website. Ladies and gentlemen, the fucking foreign kid, Chris Kelly. What's going on? Well, you know what? Today's been a great day. Uh, I first I've got, I first I've got to watch SmackDown earlier today. And like I say, it was a good show. I didn't like the Jinder Mahal pro- promo. But I think he was singing Trey's favorite song. It goes... But... Talk about, the, sure. talk about the Burkina Faso song? Yes, I, I believe that might be the song he's trying to sing, but it had no music, so we didn't get that, that whole song. Yeah, I, I don't think that was the one, Crowley, but nice try. Well, for try. Um, Points for originality. Now, something you actually missed on SmackDown because was in the entrance, they cut out Sin Cara. Oh, no. Which usually isn't a good sign. Last mm. time they cut out and then released was actually Tiffany. And there's talks within the E that as soon as this suspension is over for Sin Cara, he is gone. Which I think is a shame. I mean, I know he screwed up. I, I, I know he's not as great as they thought he would be. But I think you need to give him time. I don't think cutting time after one suspension 
is really fair on the guy. Well, and I agree. It's his first defense. You know, normally in this company, you're entitled to three strikes and you're out. I've given people that same opportunity on the network, three strikes and you're out. But after the first offense, maybe it's a little premature. I mean, look, I wouldn't say release the guy, but I would definitely say, um, and maybe we're jumping the gun here, Crelly. Maybe we're not absolutely 100% sure what the plan going forward for him is. Maybe it's to take him off TV for a while, maybe send him down to FCW, work with him a little bit more before bringing him back up to the main roster. I think it would be a shame and a gross injustice to just fire him based on the fact that they brought him up too quickly, based on the fact that he doesn't speak the right language to work half the guys on the roster. And, I mean, look, things can be remedied, things can be fixed, but I think if you let him go this early in the game, uh, then you show you have zero confidence in him. And if that's the case, then why would you make it a big deal to sign the guy in the first place? So my stance is... I don't want to see him go, but I do want to see him improve. And I, I think it's kind of like, what do the Yi have to gain by releasing him? They bring in, bring in all this hype, all this big publicity, and just then, then just cut him loose. Like this guy is such as Dolph Ziggler, who didn't they? They, fa- they failed a drug test after, like literally just after they, they debuted, and then came back stronger. Hell, even uh, David Hart Smith, he failed a drug test, then won, then won the titles. So it's not impossible to fail a drug test, then come back better. I think, like you say, Sinkara needs a sparring partner, someone that can teach him the American way of wrestling. Now, I know that, that they were going to sign his, uh, his uh, rival in Mexico. But yeah, what, as far as I remember, uh, that guy's still in Mexico, and he's still the champion over there. Yeah, wasn't so, that, uh, what was his name, like a Verno or something? I, yes. I, mean, I, I know I'm probably butchering the name, but hopefully uh, Latino718 or somebody in chat can, can help us out with that. But yeah, I think it's like a Verno. Yeah, and that guy was meant to drop the belt at one of the last uh, events in Mexico and didn't. So to me, maybe that shows that the year is kind of given up on bringing him in, given up on trying to find Kara a sparring partner and thought, you know what, screw it. And like you say, if they do, big shame because that, that guy is talented. I've, I've seen him wrestle live. He just can't seem to click with certain or with most wrestlers in that ring. Well, that and the but goddamn we'll mood lighting. Get rid of that shit for sure. But JJ, that's entertaining. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a testament when your world heavyweight champion, Christian, works a match with Sankara and yells out, I can't even see because of these lights. It's a telling tale, folks. Now, what else we have? now as you saw last week, uh, last week, both Kane and Big Show were written off TV. This is because WWE kind of want to, A, rest them, and B, kind of rebuild their character and, and bring them back at a later date when the roster needs more star power. I don't think it's smart to have both guys off at the same time because both Kane and Big Show can do the same role, in my opinion, be the big monster heel or big monster face. But I get the idea. I know they want to rest up Kane because he's banged up, resting up Big Show because, yes, he's come a bit stale. But is it smart to have both big guys off the roster at the same time? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it makes Mark Henry look like a badass heel for taking these guys out. And that's really, at the end of the day, regardless of any other story that, that's being told out there, the reason those guys are off television is to sell the fact that Mark Henry beat the crap out of them to make Mark Henry look like a dominant guy. That's why they're off TV. Hey, look at it this way. Kane can rest up his injuries. 
you know, this is a guy that, again, the rumors keep floating that he's going to retire someday soon. You know, I don't know how many runs Kane has left in him. He's done a lot for this business. He's put a lot of people over. He's rarely had an opportunity to really showcase what he can do in the ring uh, successfully as far as getting a, a long-term title run. He did have the World Heavyweight Championship last year for a limited amount of time, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, Big Show is another one that you could say, I think Big Show is better as a as a dominant heel as opposed to a, uh, a smarmy face. I've never been a, a big fan of the Big Show as a face. I mean, you've got the, the largest athlete in the world, and you utilize him in, in comedic roles, you know, filming movies like, you know, knucklehead and you know it's just it's sad to me that big show wasn't what he should have been i mean big show should have been like an undertaker type character and i don't mean gothic and dark i mean a dominant big guy and Mm. he really hasn't had a lot of big dominating runs so i think right now both of those guys taking time off to really push mark henry is a good move mark henry is another one that's probably not going to be around for too much longer this is probably going to be his last run with the company so, you know, I'm okay with them taking some time off, recharging their batteries, and maybe when they come back, Creative will have a better gimmick for them. You know, it's quite interesting because I believe it was like this time last year on Wrestling New Live, Trey said that the way to get Kane off TV would to ha- was, was to have him turn more human. And this is what happened, isn't it? Kane is now coming more human. So maybe this is how they kind of send him off into sunset by having one day admit, yes, I, I'm no longer a monster, I'm now fully human. And that's how you could get rid of the whole King character and have him just be Glenn Jacobs. Well, that's a good point. I, I think we, we both made a similar point. I, I had a pretty good booking scenario with both uh, Kane and The Undertaker to kind of end yeah. both of their careers. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, if that's the case, then, you know, kudos to them. I hope it, it works out for them. But, you know, I, I just think that right now both guys, there's really nothing for them. Well, like, I think the whole idea was to make Seamus look strong. No, sorry, to make uh, Mark Henry look strong. And now they want to turn Seamus face and have him be the big face of SmackDown. Now, I've seen Seamus wrestle as a face in FCW, and he can do it. But will the Americans fans accept an Irishman as a face? What's wrong with an Irishman as a face? Because you know the typical USA fans, no matter who's in the match, if there's one American versus one foreigner, the whole USA, st- USA chant will start. So will, will the fans accept him as a face? I think they will. I, I think that uh, Sheamus is one of those guys that you can depend on. You know he's going to put on a good show for you, and you know the crowd seems to be getting behind him anyway. I mean, just him going out and doing what he does, the crowd's behind him. So you know, if that's the move that they're headed for, why not? You need faces on SmackDown. I mean, so I guess you're going to have Randy Orton as a top face, and now Sheamus as a top face. And then Daniel Bryan, hopefully, is going to get elevated uh, to a better level before WrestleMania and, and be one of the top faces you know, in the company. Hmm. Now, apparently, according to Peter Bintoda, WWE is looking at going back to a more old-school version of booking. They want to have more long-term booking to uh, make matches more important. Hence, the first of this new regime was actually... The Rock versus Cena being booked a year in advance. So this is kind of like what the fans have been asking for, long-term booking. Now, do you think the current fan base will accept long-term booking or do you think they want instant results? Because back when when there, there was long-term booking, there was no IWC, there was no internet, no spoilers. 
so their fan had to wait to get the payoff. Now with all the internet insiders and dirt sheets and stuff like that, we know what's going to happen like li- li- literally six months in advance. So will this long-term booking help the help the product, or do you think the fans will just shit on it and demand instant uh, instant results? You know, that's a hard question to answer. But for my two cents, I think that it's going to help in the long run. Here's where they're failing with it. The fact that you announced it the day after WrestleMania, that 364 days from now, you're going to have The Rock and John Cena at WrestleMania. I have no problem with a long-term booking plan, but we don't need to be privy to that booking plan. You know, I would say two or three months before is fine to kind of let something out of the bag, but a year, six months in advance, I think that's a stretch. You go back and you look at the old uh, WWF schedule, and you never had a match announced for a year in advance. Now, granted, Vince McMahon knew exactly what he wanted to do on paper. He knew what guy he was going to put over as champion. He knew what guy was going to win the Intercontinental title. He pretty much had a booking plan in place. You just didn't know what it was. And I think if we go back to a system like that where you know, we're not force-fed, okay, we've got Rock and Cena a year from now. We've got Sheamus and Wade Barrett two years from now. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's just go ahead and let nature run its course and entertain us in the process. But I think, yeah, it's got merit, and I think it's the way to go. But And I do like the whole Daniel Bryan announcing they did cash in at WrestleMania because that that allows them to wrestle like current feuds whilst in the back of the mind the fans know they can at some point go to the main event. So that is one long-term booking that I'm looking forward to see how it pans out because how will they elevate Daniel Bryan in the eyes of the fans, not not only the IWC, but in the eyes of the actual fans, to the main status. I think that will be a interesting um, uh, route to see how they get him to the main, the, the main event status. And, and to put the icing on the cake, if you go back to the interview that we did on Wrestling News Live uh, with Kevin Nash, he literally told us on the program that... You know, Vince had a book and said, hey, you want to know what's going on six months from now? He had all the characters pretty much laid out the way he wanted them to be. That's why you had guys with long-term championship runs. You know, Hmm. everybody is given an opportunity. And, you know, when you're working for a company like that, you you really should know how to long-term book. I am not a big fan of booking for the moment. And, unfortunately, you know, TNA is notorious for doing that. And as of late, the WWE has been just as bad. So I know a lot of people are like, well, but a year in advance? Again, the only problem I had with them booking a year in advance was that they told us about it. Well, like, you, you bring up how the WWE right now is kind of booking for the moment. Apparently, there were six different scripts for Raw written out. And, the, of course, the two put forward were the one that we saw on, saw on Monday where CM Punk returned. The other was CM Punk returned and then got pedigreed by Triple H, turning to uh, Triple H Hill and having CM Punk in space. Now, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm thankful that they dropped that storyline because I don't think telling Hunter uh, Hill that quickly would work out well. But you have to wonder what WWE, like how burnt out WWE creative must be if they're doing six scripts in one for one week show. Well, you know, how cliched is it to have Hunter come out and be Hill the first night? on the job i mean look if you're gonna make hunter turn heel at some point as the boss i don't even think you need to do it right now just live off the fact that you know he is triple h he's trying to do the right thing and let that run its course for a while and then when it gets a little stale and a little boring 
then kick it into overdrive and turn him heel and have him start, you know, taking sides with the heels. But for right now, I mean, I don't think you need a hot shot and angle like that. I think it's fine the way it's going. And you know how much the internet fans would shit on that angle if you had Twitch Clown just bury CM Punk oh. on his first touch. Oh, Nine touch. absolutely, because then you'd have the uh, the dipshits that, oh, Triple H holds people down. Look, he's holding CM Punk down. He's holding this guy down. You know, and especially if he's a heel uh, owner of the company, absolutely. That just gives more juice to the, I mean, uh, more fuel to the fire. And, and, and what I like about Triple uh, being in control is that you know that he can still get in the ring if need be. And I wouldn't be surprised to see somewhere down the, down the line a CM Punk Triple H match. And don't be surprised if it happens, if Triple H puts over CM Punk. Well, we'll see if it happens. But uh, I think right now, CM Punk is probably the hottest commodity in professional wrestling. Well, yeah, well, like you bring that up. Uh, it's funny, TNA Wrestling are actually promoting the best of CM Punk in TNA on their, on their uh, TNA On Demand section. It's just pretty funny. Like, it's like big, like, bold letters on a on the website it goes CM Punk's coming to, to TNA on demand.com a lot of fans on Twitter were like blowing up going ah but no it's well, not that um, you know look my, my whole stance on TNA promoting that they have on demand with CM Punk it's their way of trying to get people to kind of look at what they've got going on it's a way to, to show hey that Punk was here first we want you to know that he was here before he ever went there Come look at us. We need your attention. And, hey, if that's, if that's the ploy that they want to do to get people interested in watching their product, I'm sure CM Punk fans will go and check it out. More power to them. In the long run, it's not going to do anything for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't really expect it to, like, a few fans of the WWE might check out the on-demand, but I don't expect them to go week in, week out, check out the TNA product, mainly because they'll be that loyal to the E. And you'd be surprised, not many um, like newer WWE fans or young kids know about TNA. So, like, I get the idea. I get, I get the marketing. I get the idea. But it does kind of look like they're just jumping on the bandwagon for that. Now, Alberto Rio, This guy was meant to win the title so many times. It's not even funny. And apparently, once again, he will not be in the title picture. It was planned that it would be Cena versus Del Rio at SummerSlam. In fact, Del Rio was at one point in one script was actually scheduled to cash in the money bank and win. But they kind of scrapped that and they've gone for CM Punk versus John Cena at SummerSlam. Well, once and again, it, once again, my name is Alberto Del Rio and my destiny is to get screwed out of the World Heavyweight Championship. That's, that there sa- sa- sounded more like Santino, but okay. Um, yes, it did. But, Thank you. I think because they've got a tour going to WWE have a tour going to Mexico in October, so wouldn't it be smart to have WWE as a champion going back over there at some point after SummerSlam in in October? I, you I'm know, guessing, and, and, and I think that's the plan. That in the fall they want to give uh, Del Rio a championship run, and I, I think that that's the plan going into it. Eventually, he will get his run. I mean, they're very high on him. They are going to put that belt on him. It's just, uh, unfortunately for Alberto Del Rio, CM Punk just took off and, honest to God, is the hottest commodity in the professional wrestling business right now. The feud, or the angle that they just played out that I thought was a little too short, 
still has people talking about. The wrestling world is buzzing, and he is absolutely right now on top of the wrestling world with this angle. Well, like, according to reports, like, WWE Creative were not sure how long to keep Punk off TV because they wanted to have, like, they, they, they wanted the fans to be buzzing, but they didn't want to wait too long, so the fans lost buzz. Which I don't think the fans could lose buzz over this angle, but that's my opinion. But that is why they came back this week, because they, they, they knew the angle was still hot. But I agree with everyone so far that I've seen that they could have held him off for a few more weeks. Why not like have his music play, like have the Cult of Personality play on Raw, but not come out? And that's, and that, and that's him in Raw. The next week, have him come out, or something like that. I mean, having him walk out is kind of like just blowing your load. And I get, like, like I say, I get them that, that they want to try and uh, keep this angle hot, but bringing him back is way too soon. Well, I mean, even if you look at Raw this past week, we saw two title matches with Rey Mysterio winning the first and then, you know, John Cena beating Rey Mysterio later in the night, which I'm still calling bullshit on because I don't like the fact that poor Rey was thrown to the wolf known as John Cena who didn't have a match that night. I understand for storyline purposes the way they're going, but it makes Cena look like a punk bitch to have him go out there and beat up on a guy who had a match earlier on the night and won the title. And for Cena to be standing in the background and looking at Rey Mysterio after he won the belt and giving him that, yeah, I respect you, Rey. And then all of a sudden he's putting a title match? I mean, come on, man. That was ridiculous to me. You couldn't have played up for another couple of weeks, had a back and forth between John Cena and Rey Mysterio, Rey getting a rematch next week. You know, before you brought CM Punk back, I mean, did it have to go that quickly? I guess that's my biggest complaint with this angle is that you could have held it off for a couple of weeks, done something the show right in before SummerSlam, and then made your match, you know, with CM Punk coming in with the belt and made the match at SummerSlam, uh, you know, a ladder match with both, ti- with both titles hanging over, the, you know, hanging over the ring, which still might happen. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. But I think that they took a lot of steam out of what they planned to do by bringing him back so quick. And it made that whole point of CM Punk leaving the WWE pointless. I like. I know that he that Punk did an interview with I can't remember it was some TV radio show where he talked about he that, that he decided on the day of Money in the Bank to be some with the E. Now, do you think that's why the E let like let like let him win the belt because they knew that he that he had already resigned, or do you think they're like oh, or do you think it's kind of like okay hit the belt and then and then I'll resign with the contract? We talking about who are we talking about Punk? 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 Um, yeah, Punk announced in an interview that he. That on the day of Money in the Bank, he re-signed with, with the E. I'm telling you, man, I think it's a work. I think that this was the plan going in all along. And mm. I want to believe that it was a work. I want to believe that they worked me. So that's my opinion. I, I think that this was staged and planned uh, a couple of months ago, and they've played it out to perfection. So that's that's my take on it. Well, that's on how long. Apparently, the new contract is five years. And in his new contract, he's kind of been given an HBK kind of contract where Vince McMahon will bounce ideas off him and vice versa. Which I, I, I think is a good idea because CM Punk has a great mind for the business. Hell, just look when he, when it was his idea for the whole Orton CM Punk feud involving the Punk kick from, was it Vengeance or Armageddon two, three years ago? I think it was Unforgiven, so, wasn't it? So, that, so Punk is a fantastic mind to have. Involved in the creative. Now, speaking of Punk and his mind, apparently, like I say, he has more pull 
And apparently there's talks that they, that they might bring back Domino from the tag team Dude and Domino. Um, I'm not quite sure what they would use for. Cliff uh, Compton. Using for. Yeah, his name is Cliff Compton. And actually, I like the Deuce and Domino team. I know a lot of people were high on, on Deuce because of you know his heritage, who he was. But I always thought Domino was the better wrestler anyway. And uh, Cliff Compton, for those of you that don't know, has done some really good things in FCW. He's, uh, I believe, last time I heard, he was the OVW champion and uh, doing a fantastic job tearing that fed up. So if Cliff Compton's coming back to the WWE, I hope that they don't give him the Domino gimmick. I hope that they give him something fresh. But I think that he's a good hand in the ring, and if he's going to be someone aligned with CM Punk, I, I think that's, you know, that's a good move. He's got muscle. He could be a good guy for CM Punk to use. Well, you, you bring up someone that wants to align with CM Punk. On Twitter, Kevin Nash put out the offer that he would like to return full-time to the E to be aligned with CM Punk. Now, would you like to see Nash back on the road full-time with CM Punk? Well, unfortunately for Kevin Nash, he's kind of stuck in a, in a deal right now where he's getting paid to sit at home and not do anything. He's just itching to get out there and, and do something. He thought from uh, from his crowd response at the Rumble, and it was huge, by the way, if you didn't know, um, that he would possibly get something going full-time. As you know, they're kind of phasing out the old guard in the company. But I think bringing Nash in and having something to do with him, I'd say even put him in a, in a feud with Barrett or a Sheamus, uh, could be beneficial to those guys. He could help them along. And I think it would do wonders for Nash. Uh, I think he's still got a lot to a lot to give to this business, especially if the rumors are true that he's going to help uh, do some you know stuff in FCW with the talent. So I would love to see him come back in a bodyguard uh, persona, whether it's with CM Punk. I would I would honestly rather than a guy like CM Punk, who I think pretty much has everything he needs going forward, especially if you bring. Uh, guys like Hero and Castagnoli in. If you bring back Luke Gallows, he's got a ready-made stable. I would almost say put Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Nash together and have him be uh, Ziggler's protection once we get rid of Vicky Guerrero. I think that would be a huge thing for Ziggler. But, you know, again, that's my two cents. And the thing with Nash is he doesn't need a vessel. Just because like, he's like, what, seven foot tall, yeah, exactly. he can just beat you up. He, he, he doesn't need a vessel. He just needs to pop you upside the head a few times. And then after the match, jackknife powerbomb you. And that could be the extent of Kevin Nash doing anything on, on the program. Exactly. 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 Now, what else do we have? Um, WWE cap, cap, uh, Capital Punishment got a 200,000 buys, according to figures released on the WWE corporate website. This is up from the 143,000 buys from the uh, Fatal 4 pay-per-view. So that's good for the E. Um, what else do we have? Now, apparently on Twitter, Michael Tarver of the Nexus, or formerly of the Nexus, is claiming that John Cena fractures his arm with a chair shot during the whole Nexus versus Cena angle. Uh, I can't remember what, what, what pay-per-view it was, but when Cena went nuts and just, like, absolutely destroyed the Nexus with, with a chair, he said that um, Cena was careless with the chair, and he went to block the t- to, to the help of the arm, it fractured his arm, then backstage, Cena basically laughed at him. Now, I can't judge this because we, we, we weren't there, but do you think that sounds like something Cena would do? Or do you think that sounds like a bitter former employee? Look, I don't know Michael Tarver personally, and you know, I thought the kid had some talent. I thought he was maybe going to be a, a mid-card star for the company. I thought for a while they missed the boat and should have brought him in as Ted DiBiase's Virgil. 
I thought he could have done a great job in that persona. Maybe not as Virgil, but in the Virgil-type character. I thought that would have been good for him. Uh, he, Unfortunately for him, he got injured during his, his tenure with the Nexus. Look, I'm not the biggest John Cena fan in the world, but I find it hard to believe that John Cena sadistically tried to injure this guy. Again, I wasn't there. I can't reserve judgment. I can't make a comment on it. But as much as I don't like John Cena, he's a pretty professional guy. And in this business, you don't go out of your way to injure somebody because at the end of the day, they're there to make a paycheck, feed a family, and you don't take away a guy's livelihood. That's one of the biggest no-nos in the wrestling business. Um, I don't buy for a second that that's what happened. I think that Tarver might be a little bitter here. Again, that's my speculation. I just don't think that John Cena is that type of guy. Based on everything I have seen from him outside of the ring, I just do not see him as someone who felt threatened by Michael Tarver, as Tarver is saying he did, that Tarver was going to upstage John Cena one day. Sorry, Tarver, you're not that good, not on that level, and I think it's a little bit of bitterness talking. Well, like, I, I do give her credit. Like, through the whole season of, of NXT Season 1, he did stand out because he did, have a, he did have a defined gimmick where he refused to do any challenges. Yeah, he literally but did never... stand out. He didn't do anything. He stood there and said, I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. And that was his gimmick the first season of NXT. That's all he did. I ain't doing this. And he was actually the first guy to have a gimmick. I mean... I even I even remember saying back when we covered NXT for, for the first season that his gimmick was great and no one had a gimmick. So I, I don't know. Like I say, he did have a good gimmick. I I know he was restricted because his finisher in in the SW was actually to do the power punch, but of course he couldn't do that because the Big Show had it. So it seems like he was kind of restricted. But like I say, we we weren't there for this event, so we can't judge it. Just giving our opinion. Now what else we have? In some TNA news, apparently TNA. Uh, made an offer to um, Jack Evans to sign with the company, and Jack Evans declined. Uh, apparently, he will be sticking with AAA. So, Good for Jack. Uh, Good for, I mean, granted, he would have got exposure on television uh, with TNA Wrestling, but good for Jack. I'm glad he turned him down. I forgot the other wrestler, but there's the other... It wasn't low-key. The other wrestler in the match has signed with TNA. I can't, I can't remember his name. Oh, Starship Zima or some shit? Yeah. I don't know. Zima, yeah, Zima Ion or uh, what was it I called him? Starship Enterprise, whatever his name is. Yeah, he, he signed a contract with him. Yeah. Yes. Um, what else do you have? Now, speaking of... De- Walkie uh, probably knows who he is. Speaking of Destination X, apparently that only got 8,000 buys, which is... That's about normal for them. And I, I know, like, the whole IBC is going crazy, and, oh, this is a, this is a low buy rate. For TNA, it's average. And that's, and that's not meant in a slanderous way. It's the truth. Well, you know, not- it, here's the thing, and I touched on this just briefly. I'm not going to rip into TNA, so don't think that I am. What I am sick of is people who bitch to me all the time about my constant tearing TNA down, how I don't give them a chance, how I've never given them a chance, and how dare I say that there's more people watching TNA. Well, look, if you're going to support something, by all means, go out and support it. Buy the pay-per-views. 
Show me that you want to support it. Don't go out and watch a goddamn illegal stream. I fucking hate when somebody comes to me and says, oh, I support the company. Well, do you buy the pay-per-view? Well, no, I'll watch it on streams. Then shut the fuck up, because I don't really want to hear your opinion. The thing with TNA, and, and this is quite obvious, they, they have their set loyal fan base, because their ratings on TV never drop below 1.1, usually, does it? And their buy rates are usually 8,000 to fans. So they have their set, their set dedicated fan base. So when I see numbers of, of 8,000, whilst this is low compared to the E, it's not bad for them. So by standards, that wasn't a bad sale. It's just a fans comparing the E to TNA, which really something you can't do because they're, they're on kind of two different ends of the scale. Right. Now, what else do we have? Um, apparently, Mick Foley is in talks uh, to return to, to the WWE. The former TNA uh, wrestler was actually at the tapings uh, on Tuesday and is said to be in talks with the company for a return. Now, here's a question. How would you like to see, if he does return, Mick Foley in what role? Um, look, I'm always, I've always been a Mick Foley fan. Uh, I love the Cactus Jack gimmick. You know, um, I caught a little bit of his stuff back in you know, world-class championship wrestling. I watched him in WCW, loved him as Mankind in the WWE. But I have to say, my favorite character of his was always Cactus Jack. As far as Mick Foley coming back into the E, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him be maybe a commissioner. But now that you've got Triple H in the role as the COO, and we're not really seeing much of the raw general manager anymore, that's not exactly going to be a role fit for him. I think Mick will come in and he'll do like, you know, he'll wrestle a match or two every once in a while. He'll help put somebody over. I think more than likely he's going to be like a legends ambassador to the company. You know, I wouldn't even mind seeing Mick Foley involved in creative, you know, in some capacity because the guy's got a good mind for the business. For someone who's had as many chair shots to the head as Mick Foley has uh, and could be a best-selling author, I really think he's got a lot to offer this business. So if you wanted my personal input on what I think Mick Foley should be doing, I think he should be, he should be helping book the company. Uh, oh, yeah, that or, like, because as we discussed a few weeks ago, WWE are sending down Kevin Nash and Sean Mortman down to FCW. Send him down to FCW. I mean, how great would it be to have legends like Mick Foley and Nash helping out the young guys? I mean, hell, did you see that video of Billy Gunn uh, laying out a match at an indie show in Canada? Yeah, you know, was... it's, it's funny because I saw that video, but I also got, a, got an opportunity. Uh, you remember, what was it, a couple weeks ago I interviewed Tim Disbro. Uh, the director of Cards Subject to Change. There's a scene in that movie where he is having a tag match with Kevin Sullivan, and they show him in the back, and he's telling the guys, you know, basically what's going to happen in the match. So, I mean, you know, Billy's showing you that's exactly how you do things. And I've, I've seen that, you know, over the course of the last five or six years on every show that I've worked with on the independent level when they've had a guy come in and you're seeing guys put matches together. That's just a staple of the business. I thought it was funny, though, that X-Pac was putting that out there like it was something that we've never seen before. You know, how dare he do this? I thought it was hilarious. You know, he's got a great sense of humor, does X-Pac. But, uh, yeah, I think we've all seen it. We've, we've seen it watching the documentary Beyond the Mat. They did it in that as well. So uh, it's nothing new. Most people that follow wrestling know how, how matches are laid out. They know how things work. Uh, you know, I just thought it was a funny video. And my my whole point is, is I would love to see 
Billy Gunn back as an agent in the E. Because I think how he let it out was pretty simple. And I know that's how, that, that how the, the WWE work nowadays. They like to have the match set out, not like the old days where it was like calling in the ring. So why not bring the guys like Billy Gunn back into the E and help out the young guys? I mean, he's in great shape. Hell, I saw him, what, six months ago at the TNA UK Pie? Great shape. He could wrestle a few matches, put over a few guys, help, and help out the, uh, the young talent. Uh, see, and I'd like to see something similar to the old style of wrestling, too. I'd like to see two guys have ideas what they want to do in a match, but I'd like to see a match actually called in the ring again. But the thing with that is, if they do that, it ends up on Botchamania. Not all the time, Crelly. I mean, <laughs> I don't buy that. You go back and, and, for example, let me just throw this out as an example. Um, we talked to Kurt Angle the first time. What was it last year? Mm-hmm. on Wrestling News Live. In that interview, we talked about his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21. And he said that they didn't really run over the match. They called it in the ring. Now, was that a match that was a Botchamania-worthy match? I think not. Now, there might be some guys in the E that aren't able to do that. But to really work a crowd, you really should be calling the match in the ring, engaging the response of the fans. That's why a guy like John Morrison goes out and does high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot. And the fans, you know, they like John Morrison. But some of his matches come across very contrived and boring. If you had a little bit more technical background and you called a match in the ring and didn't just set up high spot, high spot, high spot, rest hold, high spot, rest hold, rest hold, high spot, high spot, big bump off the top, rest hold, high spot, finish, match is over. Maybe, just maybe... We'd be on to something. Now, um, as you know, last year, I think it is, we had Shad Gaspar on Unplug. Well, since then, and there's this quite We are name-dropping tonight, bro. We are totally fucking name-dropping. Well, no, because it helps link the story, okay? Speaking of name-dropping, before we go any further, uh, I had the opportunity today to interview someone that I've watched on TV since I was just a little kid. I got a, an opportunity today to interview Ricky Schroeder, who, uh, if you're old like me, you know he was on a TV show called Silver Spoons uh, with Alfonso Ribeiro, who later became Carlton Banks on The uh, Fresh Prince. And he was also in you know, TV shows like Lonesome Dove, The Return, uh, NYPD Blue for a little while. Been in lots of movies. And he's someone that I've always enjoyed, but he's actually doing a movie called To The Mat, which is a, uh, a movie about a wrestler who is running a wrestling school they run into some financial problems and he has to step back into the ring against his arch rival uh to to make some money and (laughs) the interview is not very long it's about it's about i'd say 15 minutes long but he tells me a lot about this gimmick that he's doing and he plays a character called andy the ant and he's a guy that like is about 510 he's just an average looking guy he couldn't make it in the north american wrestling scene so he goes to japan and becomes a huge star there, and then later opens a wrestling school in America. And his gimmick, Andy the Ant, he actually comes out with antennae and face paint. So uh, he told me a lot of funny things in that interview that uh, that I can't wait for you guys to hear. It's going to air on Wrestling News Live this week, so stay tuned for that. And the movie, uh, To the Mat, actually debuts on, I believe, August 17th, which is a Wednesday. So check that out on Country Music Television. So there's my cheap plug. 
So back to me name dropping Shadow Gaspar. As you know, he was controversially arrested in March for jaywalking. Um, now there's claims that this was done like by, by his wife because he was black and because the cops wanted to just arrest him. Well, since then, and it came out yesterday, that he's been fully cleared of all charges. So it shows me that America is not as corrupt as I first thought. That 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 he can cross the road and not get arrested. So that's good news for Shad because get, for getting arrested for jaywalking is stupid, in my opinion. Well, let's be honest. He got arrested because he was black. He didn't get yeah. arrested for jaywalking. He got arrested for being a big black man. You know, you watch the video where you know the, the eyewitnesses were like he didn't do anything. He did not. Five cops jumped him. Yeah, exactly. So that's the reason he was arrested. I mean, let's let's be perfectly honest here. And, you know, I think it's bullshit. So I'm glad to see that he, you know, is not being charged with, or the case is over with. Apparently my idea of, of America is jaded. And you'll no, find that not. out when you book your flight and come to the States. Yeah, we, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, now, this is something that you'll know more about. The indie wrestler who is suing um, Abdul the Butcher for tons of money regarding braiding. Do you know much about that? Uh, I do, actually. And I actually talked with Devin um, this week via Facebook. Um, as most of you probably heard me talking about it before on Sunday Night Showdown, I have worked shows for Devin in the past. He booked the Bad News Allen show back in 2007 after Bad News passed away and actually worked Abdullah on that particular show. He had lots of matches with Abdullah over the course of his run because he and Abdullah were pretty good friends. Um, this all stems from the fact that he has Hep C. He had signed a contract with the WWE back in 2009. Unfortunately, uh, they did a physical on him and found him to have Hep C and said that they could not sign him to the deal simply because he was a, uh, he was a risk for other wrestlers to, uh, to catch Hep C. Um, basically, Devin's claims are that Abdullah has Hep C, didn't acknowledge that he had Hep C, and there is a video you catch online. It's a documentary called Don't Bleed on Me. If you look on YouTube, you can probably find it with Devin and the Honky Tonk Man and a few other people uh, you know, talking about the situation. Superstar Billy Graham is very prominent in it. And there's footage of Abdullah the Butcher uh, breaking Devin open. Uh, you know, and basically, Abdullah is, is basically busted open at the same time. And he's taking the blood from his forehead. And as he's busting Devin open, that blood on his forehead is getting into Devin's system. So that's where Devin is saying that he contracted Hep C from working with Abdullah. Um, I did talk with Devin. I'm trying to get him booked for Wrestling News Live. It's a matter of can he do the interview. He's got to talk to his lawyers. Hopefully in the very near future, we're going to actually have him on the program to give his side of the story, what's going on to talk about the lawsuit. But, uh, yeah, I do know a lot about that situation. And it's unfortunate because I think Devin could have been a, a pretty big draw for the WWE. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I know the guy. He's, he's a big guy. Uh, he's got wrestling talent. And it's, it's just a shame that he was one of the, the top standouts at the training camp that he went to back in 2009 and was a hot prospect, was looking to get signed, and then this, this happened to him. So... His story is definitely one that uh, that we want to get out there. Didn't didn't the uh, WWE let go of Bob Orton 
because he bladed, bladed in a match during involving Orton versus um, Taker in, in Hell in a Cell. And, and Bob or Orton bladed, not telling you that he, that, he, that he had HEP. And that could have got Taker HEP. Yeah, I think that was the handicap match he had with both uh, his son, Randy Orton. It was Bob Orton Jr. and Randy Orton taking on The Undertaker. And there was a series of matches. And it was found out that, uh, that Bob had Hep C and never told anybody. And he was yeah. shortly, uh, you know, he was let go out of the company from that, yeah. So that's all the news that I've got. Do you have any more wrestling-related news for this week? Uh, no, man, I think that's probably going to do it for, for this week. As far as I can, I can't think of anything offhand that I want to talk about, but I'm pretty sure you covered most of, every, most of everything. I, oh, there was one, one thing I wanted to say really quickly, and that is uh, it saddens me to say that, that, that Marcus Stevenson, uh, today's his last day with THQ, and I just want to send out a shout-out to Marcus and tell him that uh, it was a privilege talking with him, and, and I hate to see him leave THQ, but I know he's going to do bigger and better things in his tenure wherever he's going now. Uh, so it, it's just sad that THQ is losing such a, a valuable community manager, uh, someone who actually communicated with the community over at Cause.ws because yeah. before that there really wasn't anybody doing that and talking to people and getting feedback from forums. So, you know, Marcus did a fantastic job. The door is wide open for him to return anytime he'd like. So uh, somebody had said something. He was fired from THQ. No, he wasn't fired. He found another job. Um, he left the company in a positive light. So uh, I wish the best to Marcus Stevenson. Yeah, I've been to Marcus a few times, mainly via email. But he's a cool dude. He's the one actually that, he's the one that actually hooked me up with a ticket to attend Raw when, when it last came here when I won the uh, WrestleMania THQ um, tr- uh, trivia question. When that chat went spastic, I just spammed it a ton of time. So, like I say, he, he, he seems like a cool guy, and as I said to him on Twitter, good luck to him, and I'm pretty sure that he had a bright future in, what, in whatever he does. Uh, Anthony Farley in the chat says, JJ, any further thoughts on Mrs. PWA or PWI 500 number one standing? Uh, and the debate you had with the power Andy Knowles on the Pro Wrestling Rewind. Uh, for those of you that didn't listen to that show, go listen to the archive. I think I pretty much made my feelings known uh, on what I thought of The Miz being number one. I fully agree that he deserves that spot. Nobody worked their ass off more in 2010 than Mike Mazanin, and I think that he earned it every step of the way. I don't think he was handed anything contrary to popular belief of uh, the power Andy Knowles, despite the fact he has personal bias against a guy like Mike Mazanin. With that said, that's all I'm going to say about it. I think I pretty much uh, you know, owned him in that debate. And uh, you know, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Pro Wrestling Rewind. Um, I mean, and I'm pretty sure I'm, uh, I will be agreeing with you here. The Miz, like, because isn't it, the whole rating is, is to do with what they've done in, in, in the last 12 months. And there's no wrestler that I can think of in any company in the world that went from being a, a mid-card guy to a main event guy to being a solid main event guy to a guy that wrestled Cena in a good match at Mania other than the Miz. Well, you know, I, just, I thought it was a naive argument to say that he was handed everything. I mean, if you want to be technical, every guy in this, you know, in this industry was handed a belt 
based on the fact that they could carry a push, that they could be that guy. They gave Miz that opportunity, and by, and by God, in my opinion, he, he, he rose to the occasion. He showed that he was the guy. So to call him oh. Captain Irrelevant, that just bothers me uh, to no end because well, he was one of the most talked about WWE champions ever, whether you like it or not. So calling him Captain Irrelevant is, is to me, preposterous. It's a joke. Well, okay. There's you again. In the last 12 months in TNA, WWE, or ROH, is there any t- talents that have, that have raised or improved their level to a standard where they are better than they were 12 months ago? Other than to the degree that the Miz has. The Miz went from a guy that was in the main event who just broke up with a tag team who looked like he was going to blue hell to being, what, a two-time or one-time WWE champion? Yep. Next and a year, star? Next year, it's going to be CM Punk. I'm calling it now. CM Punk will be at the top of the PWI 500 next year. I it guarantee it. It depends what they do with the storyline. I think that they're going to go all the way. I, I don't think John Cena is going to win the match at SummerSlam. I think he's going to chase Punk for a little bit. I just, if they if they put John Cena over CM Punk, I'm going to be so pissed at SummerSlam. That, that's just going to, you know, again, I, I'm going to be pissed off about that. Don't want to see that. Don't think it needs to. I don't think John Cena needs that belt till around WrestleMania. If, in fact, you want to have the belt wasted on The Rock and John Cena. To me, The Rock has done nothing to earn a title shot. He's done nothing to be put in that main event pitcher at WrestleMania for a title. I think you're better suited with having uh, someone who's a first-time champion defending that belt at WrestleMania as opposed to John Cena once again going into WrestleMania uh, as a champion or fighting for a title. I made this, uh, I brought this argument up the other day. Do you realize that in... The entire time John Cena has been wrestling matches at WrestleMania. So let's go back to WrestleMania 20. He fought the Big Show for the U.S. Championship. Every WrestleMania since 20, he has been involved in some sort of title match. He has never had a one-on-one encounter with anyone that didn't have anything to do with the championship. I mean, we're, we're croaching on 10 years. Not even Hulk Hogan wrestled every WrestleMania and had a title match. I just I, I think it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I think it's too much. And when you talk about a guy who, with the power, talking about the, the Miz kisses ass to get ahead, if you want to talk about someone who kisses ass, I mean, let's be honest. John Cena's got to be that guy. But, okay, here's, here's the thing, gay. This whole kissing ass, okay, in the business, everyone does it right because the only there's two ways you get a push in wrestling be tatted or be an ass kisser right and say and say what about the miz but every single opportunity that he was given he took to the extreme just look at him on real world that got him into the e he went from being the host of smackdown to being on ecw from ecw to being a tag team wrestler a tag team wrestler to being a tag champion a tag, a, tag, a tag team champion up to the mid-card. The mid-card to the main event. I can't think of anyone in the, re- in the recent history that has gone through every single division to get to the main event. In the, like, nowadays in the year, it seems like when they, when they want to get a big star, they push him straight to the main event. Like, who was the last guy that earned his way up, up the ladder? 
like, like, like the Miz has. I can't think of anyone. So if kissing ass and not earning it is going up every single step of the ladder possible within the year, what, what do you do to earn it? Because I'm pretty sure earning your stripes is what you do to earn yourself a better role within the company. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe doing talk shows isn't what you meant to do. Well, it is because it gives the company exposure, and exposure is what they want. Well, correct, wrong me, correct, correct me. No, you're right. Correct me if I'm wrong. But in this business today, it's not like it was 20 years ago. Okay, and this is the biggest compliment, or excuse me, the biggest complaint that I run into with people all the time. Why is this guy getting a push? Why does this? Why is this guy on top? He sucks. Well, in today's age of professional wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever they want to call it these days. You have to be proficient on a microphone. So if you have a guy that can talk and then can go out there, whether he's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but can put together a competent match and has the right look or the right you know amount of mic skills and can get over with a crowd, then he's going to get a push. Mike Mazanin has loads of charisma. I hated this guy from day one. Hated his guts until he got rid of the fucking jorts. Another comparison to Cena. A guy who, who would wear jorts. I hated the hoorah gimmick. I hated the jorts. Hoorah. You know, he gets fired after being buried by John Cena. Comes back in Calgary, of all places, as uh, the Calgary kid under a mask and gets his job back. And from that point on, Miz showed me something. His character on TV got better. His gimmick got better. His promos got better. His in-ring work got better. So that's a guy that you can honestly say you watch the progression of his career and you can see him get better from year to year, from match to match. So, well, like, he, he has taken every single part of his career and molded it to a, to a, to a, perfect, a, 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 a perfect stage right now. He's taken his promo talking skills from being on the real world. He's taken his wrestling skills from tough enough. He's taking the crowd exposure they got for being a tag team wrestler into the, into his current thing. He's t- he's, t- he's taking his little like one word saying like I'm the middle and I'm awesome from that whole hoorah gimmick. Right, right. So he's taking he's a wrestler that has built himself up using past gimmicks, past experiences to make himself the best all around entertainer. I mean, if wrestling was still based on wrestling only, guys like Shelton Benjamin would be a world champion because they are great wrestlers. But as you say, this is now entertainment. So you have to be entertaining as well as a great wrestler, which The Miz actually is. Yeah, Charlie Haas would have been a, a multi-time world champion if it was built on, on wrestling credibility, okay? Um, bottom line, I'm going to finish this up again. I think Miz has deserved it. That's just my two cents. I told you guys what the criteria for the PWI 500 was. Miz meets all the criteria, and nobody, 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 in my opinion, had a better year last year than Mike the Miz Mazanic. Case in point. That's all I'm saying. If you want to hear what I had to say about Andy's rant, then go listen to the rewind because uh, I think that's that's probably what the third or fourth time Andy and I have clashed on an episode of the rewind. So it's always fun when he and I have a debate. Unfortunately, he always loses that debate. He doesn't realize it, but he does. But yeah, that's all the news that I got this for, uh, well, for this well, week. Wait, so. wait a second. Wasn't there another piece of news for TNA that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, okay, so 
as, as you might know, in October is my birthday. October the second. I'm turning. Wait, wait, wait. That's that. That's not the news. Oh, okay. that's not the news I was talking about. Okay. I wanted you to bring up the fact that uh, what was it? Big Brother alumnus Jesse. Gard. Oh fuck no. Yeah, bring it up. Okay. Because I got a point. Okay. Some guy from Big Brother <laughs> has been like. Some guy okay, from Big get. Brother. Wrestling matters, so they bring in some guy from reality t- TV show. That's not good about that. Yeah, you know what, Jesse Goddard of Big Brother. I didn't watch Big Brother. I know he was a wrestling fan. My wife is addicted to watching the reality show. She loves to watch Big Brother. I could, you know, give two shits about watching it. I, I don't care. You know, I didn't watch any of the fucking reality shows. That's not my. Uh, that's not my forte, mind you. But in my opinion, them signing Jesse Goddard to a deal is their equivalent to finding a new Mike the Miz Mizanin. Because it worked for the Miz, they think it's going to work for this guy. And maybe I'm looking too much into that. Maybe I'm just being a typical TNA hater. But that's what I see them doing. They are looking for anything. Anything. If you can if you can put Amazing Red under a mask and call him Sangrito because the WWE signed Sin Cara to a deal, is it beyond the realm of possibility that Jesse Goddard is there, Mike the Miz Mizanin? Think about it. Just think about that fact. That's all I ask. You don't have to agree with me, but think about it. And for people that don't know what Big Brother is, basically it's a British invention, so I'm sorry for this, but they look about eight people in a house and watch them for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the public vote who wins who stays, and it's pretty boring. So as a Britishman, I do apologize for that, for ever leaving England, as it is the worst TV program to ever leave our, our country. So for that, I do, I do apologize. Uh, we also have you, you fucking British bastards for American Idol. Thank you for that. That and Simon Cowell. Thank you. Hey, hey. The, you guys are going crazy over Harry Potter. That, that, that's, that's also our fault. Oh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Oh, Voldemort's coming for you, Harry we Potter. We don't all speak oh. like the Queen, JJ. We don't all speak like the Queen. <laughs> we don't all have our corgis on our lap. Oh, we don't buddy. all put up. Would you like some pip with your crackers? So you, you, all Americans think that we hang out and have tea with the Queen. So does, so does that mean that all Americans go to McDonald's with um, Barack Obama? Jolly good, it's tea time. Gets me the crumpets. I think your view of Britain is quite obscure. And I think that your view of America is very obscured. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this. Maybe you heard me talk about it at the top of the program. But ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls, children of all ages. Chris Kelly of Headlocks to Headlines.com, the fucking foreign kid, is going to Bound for Glory. He's going to Philadelphia. He wants to run up those steps that Rocky Balboa made famous so that he can jump up and relive that classic moment from Rocky. He wants to go and see the place where ECW was born. He's coming to America. And what we need for all of you who live in the Philadelphia area, we need you to send your emails in now. Because it's my job right now on this program, on this one, on Wrestling News Live, Sunday Night Showdown, whatever program I have between now and Bound for Glory, to find Crelly a place to stay <laughs> with one of you wrestling fans in Philadelphia. 
And I, not only do I want you to let him stay at your house, maybe date your sister. I want you to take him to the bar. <laughs> I want you to I want you to to show him what America is really like. That is your assignment. I'm also going to Orlando. So, if there's anyone in Orlando, I'll be there as well to nick your sofa and take it back to Britain with me. It should be fun. I cannot believe you have booked a flight to America. Yeah, I mean, okay. It's because it's because I turned 21. And, of course, that over there is drinking age. So, I thought, what's better? And... I didn't know where where the WWE were were going to be at the time, so I booked the flight so, for uh, Bound for Glory, and then my mate's going, "Oh, Chris, by the way, we're going from Philadelphia to Atlanta the next day for the taping." So basically, I'm going to be in America from October the 13th to October the 24th. No, sorry, October the 21st. So I'm there for a week. And I get to hang out with the TNA roster in Philadelphia. Then I get to go and hang out with them in Orlando and get TV tapings and did it. I think you should actually watch that pay-per-view to, to see if I make it on TV. I'll take my famous credit sign as well. You know, the one that's been on Superstars and uh, ECW? Yeah. That's going with me to America. I, I think we should organize a road trip for anybody who wants to go to Bound for Glory so that you guys can hang out with Crelly. I think that Trey should spearhead this. I think that Trey and Crelly should go to Bound for Glory together. <laughs> Stay in a hotel room together. Hang out together at the local bar with the TNA wrestlers at Bound for Glory. I'm pushing for that. But if that can't well, happen, then seriously, I, I would love to have uh, some feedback from some fans in Philadelphia, listeners of this program, or any other program on the network. To put up the fucking foreign kid. The international sensation. Well, I I have a hotel for uh, Philadelphia because as part of my package, I get to stay in the, the TNA wrestling hotel with the wrestlers. It, it's when it comes to Orlando, I'm screwed. Because it's like $200 each night for a hotel next to Universal Studios. I'll tell you what, Crowley. The best thing for you to do is uh, when you go to the impact zone, roll up under the ring. And, and hope that they don't take it down that night. You could just stay under the ring for the night. You could you could uh, be in the ever so popular hornswoggle position under the ring and uh, maybe stay in uh, you know under the ring for a couple tapings. Well, because they actually don't tape on the Monday because that's the rest, the rest of the rest up. They tape on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. So in theory, I could stay under the ring on the Tuesday night. Well, there you that's go. The- there you go. That's that's the way to go. And I get to spend two days pissing around Universal Studios, which should be fun. I, I literally, I'm going there. I've got about two grand spending money, which is about four hundred dollars, just to spend on alcohol. Wow, you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about and drinking might, the alcohol, isn't it? And I might actually crash New York City because I know I, I know a few guys I'm going with are going to rent out a car. I want to go drive to New York City. Oh, so might... oh, see, there you go. You could run into Don Juan. You could run into Latino 718, Don Bronx. I mean, just, just think about the SNS party that you guys could have in New York. Make that shit happen. I want video. Um, it, you know, if anything happens, just don't send the video to the police. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, what happens in New York doesn't actually stay in New York, but, you know, whatever, Crelly. This could be like your Vegas. You know, what happens in America stays in America. <laughs> so there you go. Let's hope. Let's hope that I actually, okay, as long as I make my planes, I'm fine. If I miss a plane, I'm stuck in America. Which, which would be quite unfortunate. Crowley could me. be stuck in the Midwest. He could be stuck in Iowa. Be sitting at the airport all by himself. All ten people there. No, I'll be stuck in either uh, Philadelphia or Orlando because that's where my flights leave to and from. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, I'm, I've in theory I've got to do six flights and it's costing me one thousand two hundred dollars, which isn't too bad. You better hope you don't have a layover over the ocean. No, it's 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 a it's a direct flight, so okay, should be fine. I think yes, that, that went over I, your head, but that's okay. Yes, it did. I'm just Come saying. On, dude. I, I'm just saying. You know, let's hope your layover doesn't include uh, a watery grave. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <sighs> let's hope. No, I'm 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 going for for some cheap like I'm going on some cheap air, airlines. So they they don't tend to go for cheap airlines. I mean, I literally, I think this literally might just be like Listen. a pair airplane that. Let, I'm going on. Listen, Crowley, uh, I, I'm messing with you. I, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I mean, do you know how hard it would be to replace you on this show? Well, you know that people did already apply for my position when, when I was fired. I'm well, still getting quit. emails on that, by the way, too. <laughs> um, You're loved. Yeah, You're I mean, loved. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. I'll have fun. I mean, hell, I might even do Unplugged from Philadelphia. That that Friday that Friday night. Awesome. That if could I, be yeah. hilarity at its best. As long as I can figure out the time differences. Is is Philadelphia on the Eastern time? It is. Yes. Because it, so, it's on the it's on the East. So yes, it it would be Eastern time. I don't get your American times, but as long as I can, as long as I can get internet on my iPod, I will do unplugged a fully American Canadian version of it. Instead of being international for once. Well, let's hope you get to somebody's house with a good Wi-Fi connection. Otherwise, you'll be like, but that'll be your extent on a plug that night. Is isn't that what people say that I sound like anyway? Yeah, so, it would be that much worse, Crelly. Is what what I'm trying to say. It might be an improvement. You know how people don't really like the way I speak, but that's all the wrestling news. So, and my big announcement. So, I'm going to come crash into Philadelphia, maybe New York City, Orlando, and see what kind of chaos I can possibly cause in America. First Obama gets elected president, now Crelly's coming to America. God, does the suffering for the Americans ever end? With that being I, said, with that being I, said, hold I that thought. I come to Canada, like, I really want to see all your huskies and all the, that, that you guys live in the, ig, like, the igloos and all, all that good stuff. Dude, I got a pretty swank-ass igloo, man. And my Huskies carry me on my sled every day back and forth. So uh, it's all good, man. I ice fish when I have to. It's all good. You know? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So anyway, on that note, we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break of the evening. Come back with the sensational Sean. Talk some gaming news. Open up the phone lines. Read some emails. And get the hell out of manana. But with that being said, stay tuned for more. Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Uh, it's coming to America. Jesus.
This is Rikishi, and you're listening to SNS Radio. Stay tuned and don't touch that dial. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, triple W dot headlocks to headlines.com. From my window, I'll craft a lyrical coffin and then spit their nails in. Call me Arthur Miller's son, because it's death of a salesman. Hi, Billy Mays here with a special TV offer. Let me crush this bald, fat, foppish, godly father. I'll take my awesome auger and sew your Quaker roots. I'll shoot your rhymes down like a regimental red coat. I'm lord of the pitch and leader in home sales. You're just a lumpy pumpkin who invented the mail. Benny's got kite tea, but you're in for a shock when I strike you with bolts from my lightning rod cock. I protest these intolerable rap. It takes just one easy payment for me to whoop your ass. Cause I'm mint. I'm money. I'm an educated gentleman. So join or die, Bill. Cause it's all about the Benjamin. But wait, there's more! Yes, sir. Anyone out there who can finish this battle? Anyone? Anyone? You follow me, camera guy? Cause it's about to get furious. You're gonna love my nuts until you're bifocal curious. Your boy George chopped down trees. You couldn't break a piece of balsa. Slap chop your face, make a double chin salsa. Your style's so broke, they call you poor Richard. It's bad enough, I gotta see you every time I tip a stripper. Rich against the body, father's just too bad. Cause after this, America's gonna lose her dad. Who was? Who's there? Uh, the good old slap chop when you want to treat a prostitute like an onion. You're not enough for me. Oh, no, no. Just 
guys, did you know Wrestling News Live is on Monday nights? Well, if you've been hiding under a rock, Monday nights at 11.30 Eastern, 9.30 Mountain Standard Time, The Trey Dog and JJ Sexay go over Raw, all the news of the week in professional wrestling. Make sure you tune in and stay tuned to the SNS Radio Network for all the great programs. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart. But... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, brings you Pro Wrestling Nostalgia, featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time! Take it right out into space. Oh, you'll calm the nerves down. What could go wrong? <sighs> that is the last time I am trusting a Ferengi. Oh, the gold press. Ah! Would you shut up already? I didn't do anything wrong to you. He's right over there. Ugh. Hey folks, I apologize. I'm being chased over by the Empire of all people. I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I just said that the freaking J.J. Abrams is an idiot and the Fletcher Dish is... Ugh. But, I mean, the Millennium Falcon is right over there. The, the, go after them! They did something wrong to you! Ugh. But I do have a few seconds to remind you guys to check out the Elite Force Podcast located over at www.eliteforcepodcast.com, also over at www.snsradionetwork.com and chrisjonesgaming.net. Each and every week, the Elite Force Podcast covers some of the top news going on in the world of science fiction and also pays tribute to some of the greats that have paved the way to making science fiction one of the great genres of entertainment. So check out the Elite Force Podcast every Wednesday and Sundays with your hosts William Walkie Walker, Philip Mindwhite Morris, and Chuck W. Over at EliteForcePodcast.com, the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com, and ChrisJonesGaming.net. Now, before I get blown up, I gotta go evade these Empire people. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, a big giant asteroid with a hole in it. Oh, I gotta go fly into it. I mean, what's, what are the chances? What are the chances that a big worm could be in there? Oh, what could go wrong?
is Christopher Daniels, and the gospel according to the fallen angels says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. I tell you what, that walkie is something else. Let me tell you, the uh, the Elite Force podcast, if you're not listening to that particular show right here on the SNS Radio Network, uh, it's a break from professional wrestling. You know, just <laughs> something more that we offer to you on this network. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of sci-fi, and, uh, you know, I've been on walkie show a couple of times. I love talking sci-fi with my brother from another mother, uh, the very spaced out William Walkie Walker. And I've yet to talk with uh, Philip Mindwipe Morris just yet, but I'm sure that on a future episode of EFP, I will probably uh, hang out with those guys just because it's, it's fun for me to talk a little sci-fi, and that is definitely a show on this network that you can hear all the sci-fi goodness. So check it out, the Elite Force podcast. And I asked Walkie for a commercial, and I got one. So there you go. Uh, although he is avoiding the Empire and hanging out with Ferengi and, you know, doing shit with Wookiees and wormholes. I don't know. It's getting a bit advanced for me, but uh, I digress. Welcome back to Unplugged. I, of course, am JJ All Caps Sexy, Mr. Money on the Mic, if you will, for lack of a better term. And joining me on the phone line right now is the host of the gaming segment, ladies and gentlemen, the sensational sequel, Sean, is in the house. Only thing I can say is, what in the world? Walkie. It was like Wookiee porn. It Wookie was porn. What like, in the world? Like, did you say to him, okay, I want you to film a porn related sci fi advert for your show? Because that's what it sounded like. Walkie doing porn is not a good image, ever, okay? And mix it with sci fi and starfighters and Wookiees and whatever you're talking about. What's up with that? To quit the hurricane. But carry on, sorry. We, we had China on the show a few weeks ago, and now Walkie's making his entrance into porn. I think we need to have a talk. Um, I can neither... Well, hold on a second. I don't know where this Walkie porn talk is coming from. I can neither you, confirm nor we, deny that Walkie is doing any kind of science fiction porn with anybody. <laughs> I think the advert confirms it already. That was... I mean, uh, that, that stuff might happen at Dragon Con and other places, but I don't know. Con? Dragon Con, it's a, it's a science fiction convention that they do every so often. And, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, thank you. And, and there's other ones. Uh, my, my, my good friends from Arkansas, my best friend and his wife have gone to a couple of these and told me some of the crazy stories. And, and i got to get working on this. I haven't talked to Dave in a while, but uh, my best friend in the world, David Ships, who lives in Little Rock, Arkansas, and you've heard me talk about him before. He actually went to wrestling school back uh, after high school. His mom was pushing him to go to college, and he said, look, I want to go do the wrestling thing. So rather than go to college, he went to wrestling school. He worked for Sam Kent in Georgia for a little bit and had a hand in training a guy uh, by the name of Bull Buchanan later on who was wrestling as uh, Sunset Sam McGraw. Anyway, he and I, I haven't spoken to him in a while, but... Uh, we were best friends upon me leaving the United States to come to Canada. And I, I talk to him every couple of months, but he's somebody that I want to bring on this program. And maybe we could get some uh, Dragon Con stories from uh, him and his wife. And, of course, some of the classic uh, Jeff Jackson moments growing up that he was privy to. 
because uh, man, there's there's some doozies in there, and I'm sure that uh, long, he would be the guy to talk no to. Walkie porn, I'm good for it. Uh, yeah, there's there's no walkie porn uh, in, in my past, and there's no walkie porn in my future. So, uh, you know, let's let's get those images out of our head and forge on with the gaming segment, Crelly. I'm still mind blown by that that advert. It sounds like he's getting probed by one of the. Like, I don't know much about Star Wars. They have to forgive me, or whatever it was. But it, at point, it sounds like he's getting probed by some alien kind of being and it doesn't sound right i mean maybe i'm going off a tangent here but if we're trying to promote sci-fi i get it but are we now branching into porn it like i i know we've got gaming and wrestling is that now our like hell cool china okay how walking trying to co-host the porn show why not okay actually 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 hold on hold on before you get started if we're going to do a porn show i'm going to go to the resident expert on porn mark the shark to carlo Oh, yeah. Okay, Mark the Shark, China and Walkie can, can host a porn show, think of some porn-related name, have some sci-fi, because that's apparently what he's into, and that would make our, our network more of a wider branch, because that well, commercial... Well, okay, I tell you what, since, since we're on the subject of sci-fi porn, I did watch a porn back in my high school days called uh, Sex Track, which was, <laughs> which was a take-off of Star Trek. Wow. By any chance, did it start walking? Because that's what it sounded like. And, and you had, let me see, the the cast and crew were, uh, you had Mr. Sperm, who was obviously Mr. Spock, um, and you had Squatty, who was replacing uh, Mr. Scott, and they called him Squatty for a reason. I think you can figure it out. Uh, but those were just two of the characters that were, uh, you know, involved in I think it was Lieutenant Hoare was another one, so... You know, I mean, just let your mind go at ease. Maybe we can get Mark the Shark to Carlo to uh, to start doing a porn segment. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Let's move on to the gaming segment, you sick fucks. Hey, oh. hey, me and Sean weren't going to cut that advert that sounds like a porno. Just saying. Okay, moving on. Um. Well, first off, how's it going, guys? I mean, I've been at work all day, so I really haven't had time to sit down and talk to anybody. I mean, JJ, we talked a few minutes yesterday. I mean, how was SmackDown tonight? I didn't get a chance to catch up. What I saw of it was pretty good. Okay. Maybe I'll have to check it out then. I'm really curious. Um, so gaming news. i got a little bit of gaming news. I've got some Comic-Con slash movie news. And then I have something else I want to talk about. But first off, let's talk some gaming news. The, the major news story for me today is something happening at Nintendo that I never expected. The first thing is Nintendo is dropping the 3DS price to $170 on August 12th. Wow. Now, it, and that's a huge thing because it just came out about two months, two or three months ago, and it's already getting cut about a third. It's currently at $250, and it's dropping to $169.99 uh, state in the United States. I'm not sure if it's dropping in Eurogamer, or Euro, Europe, excuse me. Um <laughs> Eurogamer is their gaming place over there. Um, yep, been there before. But right now, the price in Japan is twenty five thousand yen, which is currently, uh, which is about three hundred seventeen dollars, and it's getting dropped to fifteen thousand yen, which is one hundred ninety dollars. So that's a major drop in their in their price for this, and especially with the fact that this is a one of their newest con- uh, handheld consoles, and it's also basically brand new. A lot of stuff's coming out for it. 
So it's really huge news that this is coming out. But something else that's big news is Satoru. I, I'm trying to make sure I get his name right. Satoru Iwata, who is the president of Nintendo in Japan, is cutting his own pay by 50% because he doesn't want the company. He doesn't want have the cost of company because okay because the 3DS is selling bad. His compensation last year was 137 million yen, which is 1.8 million yen, which includes his salary and performance-based compensation. Uh, they're not saying what his price is now, but 50% is still a major cut for the president of a company. And even his other representative detect, uh, directors, which include the senior managing directors, uh, Miyamoto and Hatano, are taking, are taking 30% pay cuts and a lot of other executives will be losing 20% off their salaries. Um, Nintendo... In, in retrospect, I mean, let's let's look at some of the handheld consoles that Nintendo has had over the years. I think it's safe to say, and this is just, you know, my opinion, my two cents, it's safe to say that the 3DS is is damn near dead. I, I think I think it's going to go down. coming out. I'm I'm sure that it'll pick up once this price drops and the game's coming out. I mean, yeah, but I mean, got, how much how much was it when it when it came out, Sean? Uh, two fifty three hundred. So and they've dropped the price to what one seventy now? One seventy. And it hasn't even been out a year yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's dead. They might have some new I games coming out. It's dead. I can't stand it. I can, I cannot stand the three DS. Whenever I use the three D. I feel really, really dizzy. And I know there was a high return right here in England. That console to me, whilst it had good ideas with the 3D, it's not something I would ever buy. It's kind of useless in my opinion. But that's just me using my opinion there. Carry I on. buy it. Mainly, I don't care about the 3D feature. I more so care about the games that are coming out for it. I mean, one of the biggest games that had come out was Ocarina of Time, which just came out and has already sold over 1 million copies. That's pretty large for a game that just came out almost a month ago. So, I'm I'm really curious to see how their other sales will go once the 3DS does drop its price on in August, because they have Mario Kart coming out, they have a new Mario Party. Uh, other na other games are actually blanking in my mind, but they also have Netflix, which is going to be starting a 3D feature on the 3DS very soon. So now, it's is that feat is that feature available in Canada? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Shut uh, up, Crowley. <laughs> I will cut your microphone. Oh, and, and by doing that, I mean I'll release you from the phone line. But the entire, but the entire executive staff taking a pay cut just because of the 3DS performance sales is really huge. It, it says that, you know, the company isn't making that much money, so to, to take care of this, we're going to cut our salaries. You'll, you'll never see Sony doing this. You'll never see Microsoft doing this. Yeah, but, I mean, I, mean I, I see your point, but to cut your own salaries to try and make a profit off something that is not doing very well is, is a sign of failure. Um, again, I, I think it's ridiculous that this system hasn't been out that long. I heard a lot of rave reviews on the 3DS, but it's looking like it's about to go the way of the dodo. 
And these guys can cut their salary all they want. At the end of the day, if a product is not selling, a product is not marketable, a product is not netting you profit, that you're having to cut your salaries, there is a problem. Yeah, and JJ, by the way, I think you meant the 3DS is going to go the way of the Virtua Boy. And the Dodo. It's pretty much the same thing. They're both, yeah. in other words, extinct. Yeah. Virtua Boy, man. What what a bad concept for its time. Dude, I remember when that came out back in, what was it, 1994, 93, somewhere around there? Yeah. I remember going to a Toys R Us down the road from where I lived, and they had you know the, the setup, the demo. And I played that thing, and after I was done, I couldn't see anything but red for like a fucking hour. Yeah. I mean, I had the same thing. We went to Toys R Us. I got to see it, and I was kind of like, you know, I want to try this thing out. I sat there and played it for about 20 minutes, and I stepped away. I had a headache. I was seeing red. I was just like, okay, this isn't good. So the Virtual Boy was was a good idea for the time, but having it as it was was not good at all. So I'm definitely curious, as I said, to see what will happen with the price drop for the 3DS. Continuing on, Samsung is actually manufacturing the PlayStation Vita CPU, which is huge news for Sony because instead of Sony doing this in-house, they're actually going out and having Samsung create one, which allows them to have to have it so they can charge only $250 for a non-3G three, uh, non PS Vita. This chip's not even costing them more than a hundred or so dollars and it's a pretty nice chip from what I can tell with a um, not a lot of people are going to get this but I, know, I think Bronx might uh, it's using a 45 nanometer processor so it's really cool and it's also using uh, something called the emotion engine for the cell so it's definitely a very cool moment for Sony that they're allowing uh, someone outside to create the processor for the Samsung wow uh, yeah, it's, it's a good moment. Uh, Red Faction. Um, unfortunately, I don't like to hear this, but with Red Faction Armageddon like it was, just not... Armageddon was probably one of the worst Red Faction games I've played in a long time. The story was a good idea, but was not enjoyable at all. They took it, they took it away from us being a sandbox and made it really linear. But Red Faction franchise will not continue in any meaningful way, which basically means... Red Faction is dead, unfortunately. I mean, Red Faction was one of the better storylines that we had out there for gaming. I mean, Red Faction Gorilla was absolutely an amazing game. It was sandbox. You had to run around, do whatever you want. But unfortunately, Armageddon was just absolutely horrible. And I mean, Red Faction Armageddon had huge... Had, um, had a lot of chances to actually get it right. They had their own sci-fi original movie called Red Faction Origins. They had a promotional spinoff for Red Faction Battlegrounds, which was a horrible game. So Red Faction basically bombed. And I mean, THQ is suffering horribly for this. Uh, definitely comes into my next story, which uh, they, they're saying that THQ is lamenting on disappointing quality in a lot of their recent games which includes MX versus ATV Alive and UFC Personal Trainer, which I've heard I've heard different things on it. I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. 
So UFC personal trainer is one of those that said that they'll be uh, different. But they said that the last three launches they've had have been disappointing in terms of quality. So <clears throat> that's not good for TSU at all if they're coming out and saying their own games are horrible in the quality department. They're looking at Saints Row the Third, Dota B12, and a few other games that are coming out later on this year to actually move that up to the quality bar. They're hoping that everything will go a lot better with these games coming out. And the way they're running Saints Row the Third, Dota B12, it's looking like THQ actually make, may make their money back on a lot of the games they've actually been been not selling lately. I mean, have you have you had a chance to look at any of THQ's latest games, and have you actually enjoyed them? Um, well, I mean, aside from WWE All-Stars, I really haven't bought any THQ games. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm looking at, you know, a copy of uh, WWE 12 when it comes out later this year, but I'm not someone who's known for going out and, and buying THQ games. The You know, the two that I, I think show promise is going to be WWE 12, and I think Saints Row the Third. Um, I'm willing to bet both of these games do well domestically. Maybe we'll help get them back on track. But, yeah, the whole Red Faction thing is very disappointing. You know, Homefront was disappointing as far as the numbers, uh, you know, the lack of people that, that purchased that game. So, you know, we're in a time and place where, you know, video game companies are suffering. You know, we're seeing a lot of the same thing, a lot of stagnant stuff. So, it's just, you know, we're in a bad economy right now, or at least the United States is. I mean, Canada's doing okay, you know, but, uh, you know, just with the timing of stuff, you know, everybody's taking a hit. Definitely. And this next story, which involves you, JJ, uh, Red Dead Redemption's Myths and Mavericks DLC has been dated for September. Yeah, boy. What, what, what's involved in Myths and Mavericks? Uh, Miss and Mavericks will add a few fan-favorite character skins to players' rosters, as well as a few new battlegrounds to Deathmatch, Gang, Grab the Bag, and other popular online modes. Um, one of the beloved characters that will be in it is Landon Ricketts. Yeah, he's in the game now as a zombie. <laughs> like, well, apparently you, he's going to be playable. That's cool, the, because you, 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 can, you can literally have uh, zombie Ricketts uh, if you have, like... You, if you got Undead Nightmare and you play online, you can actually play uh, as as Landon Ricketts from The Damned, and you know some of the other characters that were killed off in the game and the story, uh, along with uh, you know Zombie uh, Marston, John Marston. So pretty cool stuff. I'm actually looking uh, looking at picking up uh, Red Dead Redemption again, and hopefully uh, I'll find it a little cheaper this time around. You probably will. I, I, you know, I, I've had fun actually playing matches with my little brother on Red Dead Redemption. Uh, it's just, you know, it, I love that game compared to Grand Theft Auto 4, and I was a huge fan of that, that game. But I love the multiplayer on Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I love getting a posse together and having fun. It's just, to me, that is probably one of the best online multiplayer games that I've, I've played in a long, long time. So I'm looking forward to this next DLC pack because I'll definitely uh, pick that one up for sure. Definitely looking forward to it. That's really all the gaming news I have, except for this last piece. Um, if you don't know about the Call of Duty XP uh, conference, which is basically the it was coined today the QuakeCon for Call of Duty. QuakeCon is basically a 
gaming convention for the game Quake. So, Call of Duty XP, which will be in L.A., Los Angeles, California, on September 2nd and 3rd. They're holding huge tournaments for people to go to um, Call of Duty XP. These tournaments are able to, you're able to sign up through the websites. If you have pre-ordered uh, Modern Warfare 3 from GameStop, you'll get a code on your uh, either your receipts or you can go back to the store and say, hey, I want a, I want a code. Um, the tournament, unfortunately, is sponsored by Xbox 360, so it's looking like that pretty much all the entire tournament will be on the 360. So That's a hate crime. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, I think conspiracy of... abound. Well, Curly, why don't you go pick up an Xbox 360 and see what happens, because there is a United Kingdom tournament. Uh, through HMV. So intact. Through HMV.com and Xbox Live. And GameStop is having their own. Um, I'm, I will actually be entering into the Team Deathmatch and the Free For All tournaments uh, with my clan. Uh, we haven't decided our name yet, but it's actually guys I worked with at GameStop. And the prize for the winners of the tournaments are $1 million. So. This is your chance to make some cash. It's definitely big news for the guys who play the Xbox 360 version of Call of Duty. So definitely go check it out if you want to enter. If you want to check it out, go to callofduty.com slash XP and you'll be carried straight to the Call of Duty XP website. This this should totally be like Alberto Del Rio's theme music. Nice. Nice. What is this from? This is uh, Vega's remixed theme music from Street Fighter 2. Ah, okay. Definitely different. You got that Spanish flair, you know? I wanted to kind of spice things up with your background music, you know? Have a little, uh, little, uh, you know, Latino flair in the background, you know? Since we have no Latinos on the show right now, you know, I just thought we'd give that Latin flair. Equal opportunity, man. Equal opportunity. You know, you know so I'm, I'm Call of Duty. I've actually got an invite to the Call of Duty Elite Beta, and legally, I'm not going to talk about it, but I don't care. It starts, I think, next week. Yeah. So, I yeah, I I got my email yesterday to confirm it. So, I might potentially next week break the law by talking about the beta. We'll see. See what nice. offers me. JJ, I'm, I meant to talk to you about this. This is something that I definitely think you'd be curious at. Um, I got the chance to talk to a guy who was actually in the beta for Star Wars The Old Republic. And oh, we yeah. talked about it for about 30 or 45 minutes. And um, one of the things we talked about was the style the game is done. You know how all... Well, I'm pretty sure you don't, but most MMOs have a linear style of playing. It's basically, you go in, you, you do one thing, and that's basically it. You go talk to somebody, and they give you the quest, and then that's it. For Old Republic, they actually gave it a Bioware type of, of, of stuff, of quest lines. Instead of just talking to somebody and getting a quest, you go up to them, there's actually a tree that you can use to talk to them, just like in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. And actually, uh, one of the things he actually said was, one of the quests he did was, this village is diseased 
by something they don't know what it is and you have to go create a antidote well you have the choice to give the antidote either to the villagers or, or go sell it on the black market and make some money off of it wow bioware is completely changing this up changing up the mmo market by allowing people to make these kind of decisions and this game is slated they're saying for next year but rumors are right now that this game will be released November or December of this year I am looking forward more so to Old Republic than I am almost any PC game that's coming out this year and it's definitely set to make a huge splash and is definitely looking to take over World of Warcraft as an MMO king. So um, open beta will be starting in September for Old Republic. So if you want to get a chance to play it, go do it. I mean, it's go sign up on the website. It's definitely going to be an amazing uh, game when it comes out. But that's all the big game gaming news. I'm really looking forward to it. So um, some big news come out of Comic-Con. Uh, first off was Judge Dredd is being remade. Yeah, I don't really... Oh, well. Judge Dredd, which was being released September 21st, 2012, and is starring Carl Urban, of all people. Yeah, I like Carl Urban. He, he's, a good, he's a good actor. I will give him that. I loved him in Doom. Don't get me wrong, Doom was... Doom was shit, yeah. but he was about the best part of that movie. Yeah, he was. Uh, he is um, playing Judge Dredd. The way it looks on IGN.com, the helmet is way too huge. I don't remember Sylvester Stallone's helmet being that big, but it was pretty big, as, as I recall. I don't know. I don't know if it was this big. It, it looks like he's wearing a football helmet that's three sizes too large for his head. I'll just say it like that. Well, it sounds like they're going off the comic version, and I think that Judge Dredd helmet was always really big in the comic book, so maybe they're going with more of a, a comic book feel for it. Um, there was one piece of gaming news I wanted to get to really quick. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, THQ released the pre-orders uh, for WWE 12, and finally, The Rock has come back to a WWE game, but this time it's Hollywood Rock. That's right. He is the more buffed version and, of course, the tribal tattoo-wearing, pie-eating, jabroni-beating, people's champion, The Rock. Nice. Sounds uh, sounds definitely interesting. I've also heard that there's going to be alternate attires that are also going to be available for pre-order. Have you heard that? Yeah, the attires that I know in question right now are... Uh, courtesy of the uh, number one ranked PWI 500 wrestler, Mike the Miz Mazanin. You can get his awesome attire and, of course, his suit as uh, as a skin. So, yeah, I mean, those are the pre-order bonuses I've heard. The roster is set to be released uh, SummerSlam weekend. So once we have all the details on the roster, you're going to find that information right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be sure to tell you guys all about it, what's in store for you with WWE 12. Definitely can't wait to uh, talk about that. I definitely can't, look, can't wait for the game. Back to some Comic-Con movie news. Uh, Kristen Stewart will be in the newest remake, I guess, of the origin, uh, 
the, the word escapes my mind now. Fairy tales, I guess. Snow White and the Huntsman is basically the name of the film. Uh, she's Kristen Stewart, Chris Hemsworth, Charlize Theron, and Sam Claffin were at the Saturday Comic Con. They were talking about the movie. They showed a few pictures. One picture had Snow White in armor. Why is Snow White wearing armor is a good question that I had, and I have not yet had a chance to watch the movie, but Snow White in armor makes me kind of curious as to what they're going with. Uh, They're going the route of Xena Warrior Princess, Snow White Warrior Princess. That's what it sounds like, and that's what it looks like. Did you know they're remaking Total Recall? I did. It's going to have Colin Farrell in the role that Arnold Schwarzenegger made famous. Everything uh, looks completely different. Uh, I'm going to have to check out that movie when it comes out for sure. Well, not only does it have Colin Farrell, but it has Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel, who apparently face off against each other in the movie. Yeah, similar to the uh, Sharon Stone... And I can't think of the other chick's name fight scene that they had in the original Total Recall. Yeah, so it's definitely curious to see how they go with that. I just wonder if there'll be a bitch with three tits in this one. That was really the <laughs> highlight of that show for me. It was the bitch with three titties. Oh, my Lord. That's definitely, uh, that's definitely different. She gave birth. She had a litter. <laughs> Why else would she have three titties? Think about it. Moving on. One more piece of news. Uh, they released the posters for the, the Avengers. The posters basically have the Hulk, uh, Nick Fury, and a few S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, Thor, Hawkeye, who's that? Black Widow, excuse me. Black Widow, Iron Man, and Captain America. Almost every single poster says May 2012, except for Captain America's, who's on the bottom, it says Assembled. These are very curious, and I'm really, I'm really curious to see if they release these as posters for people to pick up, or if these are just posters they had at Comic Con itself. The one thing that really makes me wonder what's going on is Hawkeye looks very ugly in this picture. I believe Hawkeye actually had actually had a mask in the comics. I, it's been a while since I've read those comics. Definitely wondering what's going on there with Hawkeye. I mean, he's got a great bow and arrow set up. He looks great. There's a helicarrier behind him, but he looks ugly as crap. So I'm really wondering what's going on there. The, the movie is setting up, apparently, at the end of Captain America, after the credits, is a trailer, or a, um, a, a setup, more so, for the Avengers. So I will really want to go see Captain America, more so so I can see what's at the end of the credits. Very cool. Uh, one more thing. Uh, this is comic news. Uh, DC Comics is going to be... Uh, how can I say this? Rebooting almost every single one of their comics. Why? I don't know. So I really don't know what's going on with DC. They're taking After, their talents to South Beach and restarting everything. Is that the true story, or are you just joking? Well, no, they're taking their talents to South Beach. They want to reboot the whole fucking shebang, the whole series, the whole universe. 
they weren't happy with the way things were going. I, I, I'm really, I'm really curious. I don't know why they're doing that because number one, the Green Lantern universe that's going on right now is absolutely amazing. Blackest Night just finished up. Now you're on Brightest Day, one of the greatest storylines I've I've read in a very long time. Not including the Civil War that just happened in in Marvel Comics. When do we get the corniest name? Would that be the next series? What? Moving on. Went over your head. You know, Blackest it, Night, Brightest bit. Day. I just said, oh, when, yeah, when yeah. do we get to corniest name? I mean, just, you know, it's okay. It's definitely, um, definitely looking a little weird for DC to go out and do this since Marvel is, is bulking up with a lot of their stuff. So, DC, I don't know what you're doing, guys, but... Let's get it figured out. Don't mess with Green Lantern. The the comics are great. Mess with the movie if you're going to mess with anything. That's all I got. Oh, except for... Go to the forums. Check out the forums. There's a great... There's a great one set up in the general gaming uh, made by Concept where you can actually put your Gamertag or PSN nickname in there. And I mean, the only person who's done it other than Concept is Rodriguez904. So, I mean, guys, throw your, throw your gamer tags on here. Maybe you guys can find some more people for your WNL uh, clan on Black Ops for the PS3. Maybe we can get one started up on the 360. Who knows? But go go sign up for the SNS forums. You can find it at the top of the SNS webpage. Uh, it says forums right there. Go sign up for them. It's definitely going to be interesting. True that. Hey. Go ahead, Crowley. I was going to say, is Sean brings up the whole WNL PSN Black Ops team. I was playing with the guys last week, and we won about 10 games back-to-back. Been an absolute owning streak. Like, it was myself, it was Trent, it was Maze, it was Mac Daddy and Concept. And we kicked ass and took names and represented Okay, hold on. First off, apparently I'm being called out in chat by Trent Phoenix, and apparently he's saying that he wants credit for coming up with a WNL clan on the PS3. There you go, Trent. You happy? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The fact that I had to carry him to a good game, he didn't get no credit. I had three grand to point, he had one grand. I had to carry him to a good game. So he gets no credit. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Tell the truth. JJ? Sorry, I'm handling something in chat. Okay, that's I think, fine. I think I broke the chat room. Now, speaking <laughs> of Black Ops. Yeah, the next time you ban somebody for no fucking reason, I'm de opping you and banning your hey, what, ass. Hey, what happened there? Was basically, <laughs> uh, Don kicked Trent, and I tried to kick Don, but I clicked spam for life, or so I don't know. Yeah, there is a kick button and a ban button. You hit the kick button, not the ban button, Krillin. I don't have a kick button. I have a who is a ban. Calm down. There is no kick button. It's basically a uh, you got to type it in. But yeah, I'm in MRC, so I do have that option. I'm not in the same. I'm I'm in the chat room with you guys, but I'm not on the website. I'm actually through the MIRC client. I'm not even on. SNSRadioNetwork.com. That might be the problem then, because we're on. I'm on the SNS site. Uh, by the way, I just got a text message from a friend of mine. Uh, apparently, is double XP Call of Duty going on right now, and they have a a mode right now 
called Nuketown 24-7. Uh, that is going on right now. I am probably going to be checking that out as soon as the show is over. That map. You know what? I, I, I do credit Treyarch. The new bunch of maps are fantastic. They, to me, they're a lot like the old like COD 4 maps. Just like the action zones and all that stuff. So, like, I didn't like Call of Dead. I, I thought the, on that, the zombies was awful because the whole game was based around the Easter egg. At least on this uh, zombie game, the uh, Easter egg is an option, and it's a fun option, but it's freaking long and takes absolute, absolute ages. But it certainly is a great DLC that people should go pick up. Cheap plug. So, any more gaming news, Sean, or is that, or is that your game? Yeah. That's pretty much all I got. Uh, go check out the forums. Go check out the SNS Picks page, where I'll be updating it very soon with the newest members of the teams. I might uh, actually be attending uh, Game Fest here in England. Nice. And I, also might, and I also might be attending, once again, Eurogamer. And at <laughs> Game Fest, they have scheduled uh, WWE 12 will be there, and also Sitter the Third. And this is in September. So I'll get to play those two games, or a demo of them, in September, which will be fantastic, because those two games are something that I must buy, because Saints Row is basically wrestling in a sandbox, and, of course, the WWE-12 looks fantastic. One of the other big things about Call of Duty XP, if you are in the Los Angeles area, you get to check out Modern Warfare 3 for the first time. You'll get to actually play it and check out what's going on. It's definitely going to be a big moment, and all of the money for the tickets of Call of Duty XP are going to uh, what they're calling Call of Duty uh, Endowment, which is a charity that helps war, war veterans, military veterans, find a job after they get out of the after they get out of the military. So it's definitely going to a great cause. Uh, if you really want to go to this, it's a good idea to go for it. So go you check know, it out, guys. I wouldn't a fan, and I'm not, and I'm not. I think I'll probably get heat, but I'm not going to buy Modern Warfare Three. It doesn't look much improved from Modern Warfare Two, and I'd rather spend my money on Battlefield. That's just my opinion. I wasn't really impressed with the the uh, what what it did off at E3, and like I say, if I want to play Modern Warfare Two, I will go play Modern Warfare Two, and I'm, I'm not going to spend fifty pounds just to go buy an updated version of a game that I already own. To me, it's kind of pointless. I'm definitely getting. I'm definitely yeah. getting uh, Modern Warfare Three and Battlefield Three. Um, there are going to be two great games that are coming out this year, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they have to offer uh, against each other. Also, a good game that's coming out very soon is Dead Island, which comes out in September. Uh, we I will have a review on that when it does come out. Uh, I will be having a four-way uh, co-op game with some of my boys, so it's definitely going to be very cool to see what comes out. Now, I'm not sure if this is taking place in America, but here in England, if you buy the DVD Battle for Los Angeles, you actually get the Resistance 3 beta. Yes. Uh, SOCOM 4, for the guys, you get you get into the um, Resistance 3 beta, yeah. Uh, I believe with SOCOM 4, you also got into another beta. Um, now, not... I was a huge fan of 1 and 2 Resistance. Like, because, of course, you, you have your bog standard war games like Battlefield and COD. 
but Resistance to me was just a, like a brand new game because, and like I know people are like, oh, like Halo, but no, it it for me Resistance obviously think more than Halo, it's more like intense than Halo. So I I would definitely be buying uh, Resistance Three because I loved the trailer, I loved the the, the uh, things that the, 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 that they released, and I loved the storyline mode. I mean, did you get to play either of the games, number one or number two? I think I started on one. And I really could not get into it. I think I had been kind of burned out by Halo and Call of Duty at that point. Mm. I am looking forward to giving uh, the Resistance pack when it comes out, which contains one and two, a chance. It's definitely going to be very interesting. I've heard a lot of good things about Resistance itself. Well, what is good, right, is that the end of number one and the start of number two are the same cutscene. Okay. Which is great, because you know how like some games... Literally, like you have what, like, like sequel and prequel, and the pre, uh, the prequel is like three or four years after, the, uh, no, sorry, before the sequel. Or in this, it's literally back to back, and that helps build the storyline. So, and it's a great story. So, uh, I'm interested to see what happens because I plan to think it'll be a great game. But definitely. Uh, one last thing: the Humble Bundle Three has been released. Uh, if you don't know what the Humble Bundle is, it's basically where you get to go buy some new indie games that have just come out for whatever you want to buy them for. Um, it's, a hu- it's a huge thing. It, all the money goes to charity, goes to the uh, creators of the indie bundle. So go check it out. It's the Humble Bundle, which is at thehumblebundle.com. So check it out, guys. All right, there you have it. Uh, that does it for the gaming segment for tonight. I do want to shift to the phone lines so uh, if you guys want to call in tonight the number 501-588-7957 we're going to do something a little different with the phone calls um you know come in say what you want to say and uh we're going to wrap things up just look at maybe a five minute time limit because we kind of run long on the phone calls want to get as many people in in a short amount of time uh, as opposed to having one call kind of dominate the phone calls so the number 501-588-7957 and uh, say what you need to say, and let's go ahead and, and wrap things up here on the program. Uh, with that being said, let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? What's going on, JJ? This is Rick. Rick, what's going on, dude? I wanted to thank Crowley for ruining my night. I appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> he excels at that. that I'm sitting here watching two chicks beat the hell, hell out of each other at HD debt. This dude's in here banning people by accident. <laughs> And not knowing how to reverse it. And I'm like, oh, nobody else knows. So I had to walk all the way upstairs, and then I missed the chicks beating each other up. <laughs> but the man, uh, ma- <laughs> that's, that's the truth. I was watching two chicks fight, and freaking Crowley bands Don Bronx. And, but the reason I called is I wanted to tell the people to quit bitching about the Miz being the top guy because he was the top guy for that year. Therefore, he should be number one. And it's not because he's awesome. It's because he was number one. That's it. That's all I have. Thank you. Fair enough. Thanks, Rick. Bye now. Sorry that uh, Crelly ruined your night, man. How too fair. If I was Rick, I would just like ignore Don for about 20 minutes and just watch the chicks being up on each other. Because the chicks are much more important than Don. No no offense. But I'd rather watch the chicks fight and unbanned Don. Wow, really? You just said that? That was not nice. So once again, the phone lines are open 
501-588-7957. While we're waiting on a phone call, uh, there was a story, and I can't believe I didn't think about bringing this up earlier. There was a story, and I know we didn't cover this on the program, uh, about the Intercontinental Champion, Ezekiel Jackson, not being allowed into SmackDown this past week. (laughs) What in the hell is going on in this company when a large black man who happens to be the Intercontinental Champion is not allowed in the arena because the security doesn't realize he's a WWE superstar um, hello, have you seen this guy? Is <laughs> he not carrying Ahmed Johnson? Is he not carrying the Intercontinental belt around? Uh, I don't know if it was just mistaken identity, if he didn't have identification, but how does your Intercontinental champion not find his way into the arena by security? That is ridiculous. How do you mistake Ezekiel Jackson? Not many people look like him. I'm How a, would that be mistaken identity? I tell you what, man. If, if he walked up to me and said, "Yeah, I'm Ezekiel Jackson, the Intercontinental Champion," it would have been, "Yeah, I know." Uh, this 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 guy's lucky he didn't get his ass kicked. But uh, let's go, <laughs> let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? What up, man? It's the Pope. The Pope. The Pope with some power in the chat room tonight. Pope is pimping. Yeah. Got that pimp fist strong. You might have to slap somebody in a minute. I'm going to have to slap Sean. I'm going to have to slap Crelly in a minute. So. What? That ain't right. I'm trying to, take, trying to take credit for me. I'm, well, not you, do, my bad. I didn't mean to say shit. Okay. I was about to say. Uh, I meant Crelly. I'm going to have to slap Crelly trying to take credit for me and Maze's clan idea. No, no, no. I took credit for, for carrying you to a good match. You did, I never not, took- you did not carry me. I got a flag captured. You just happened to get three because you were running, like a running. That's the best thing you you did all right, game, man. And right now, my shoulders are hurting. Don't worry. Talking a lot of shit, foreign kid. Wow. <laughs> so I'm safe for now. Come October, I'm not. But I'm safe for now. What's on your mind tonight, Trent? I really just wanted to call. You know, get perspective on the clan thing. I did. I know. Uh, we got it going on the PS3 big time because like, a lot of us play on PS3. Hell, I even had a few people out of nowhere who weren't even in the family came to me and said, your clan is that badass, we want to join. So I even got outside members in the clan. And I would really love it to get going, get it going on the 362, but I don't have a 360, so someone else would have to get it going on the 360. But I feel the clan is a good, a really good idea because it's getting WNL out there some more and showing everyone just how dominant this family and this network has gotten. Because not only are we top of the wrestling radio world, but we are beginning to become the top of the video game world. Preach on, my brother. Preach on. And I, I know there's some, probably some more superior clans out there than that, but I mean, if they come to it, came up against us and captured the flag, we would give them a damn good show because that's our best thing. Capture the flag is our best game. Then team deathmatch and then probably domination. Those are what we excel in on. What we, me, Maze, Mac, Daddy, and Rob, that's what we excel at. So I'm just saying, if you guys can get it going, <clears throat> get the, if you guys can get it going on the three six. And Crelly, I forgot Crelly. Crelly's in the clan too, so let's not forget that. If you you guys, know, every clan has its weak link, you know. Oh, 
The weakling oh, that caught Motocat the Fag Cat says, yeah, that's good weakling, isn't it? <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> so oh. I'm just saying, get it going on 360, you guys. I know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who got black on uh, this family who's got black ops on the Xbox 360. Uh, just get it going on 360. Maybe we can eventually have control over both. We can have domination over the PS3 and domination over the Xbox 360. And if anybody wants anyone archive or whatnot, have PS3 and they want to add us, my PSN gamer tag is the Angel of Deep because I play mad defense. So that's me. And I can't think of any of our other guys' clan tags right because now Krelly can probably give you his, but that, well, that's pretty much all I have for now. I expect to see all of you guys' gamer tags in that forum post because, I mean, I want to, I, I definitely, Concept did a great job with that, um, actually putting that on there. So I definitely want to see people get their gamer tags on there and their PSN tags because that would be a lot of great time for people to actually get checked in. So, All right, Pope, thanks for the call, man. All right, no problem. We'll talk to you later. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? It's Bronx. So finally, after get it being a good boy for weeks and weeks, I get my mod powers back, and then I get banned by Crelly after offering to take him out for drinks if he comes to New York, and this is how I'm treated? That ain't right, man. I think you should, you know, like bury him under a train when he comes to town. Oh, when he comes to New York, he's going to get got. Uh-oh. <laughs> Crelly making enemies. That's not a good thing. Okay, then I'll go to Queensland. Uh, to Queensland. I have friends there in Queensland. I'll just stay away from the main New York. Where the hell how is much Queen? Is he how much is how much is he emphasizing Queen in Queensland? Where is Queensland? I'm proud to say Queen. Do you mean Queens, New York? Oh my god! Yeah, I go there. Oh my god! Queensland? Queensland? It's Queens, yeah. you idiot! <laughs> oh, don't don't blame me, okay? My American friend always puts Queensland. Don't don't blame me. I blame the Americans for that. Shit, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> Curly. <laughs> There's this movie that came out back in the 80s. It's called Coming to America. It stars Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. And the premise of this is Eddie Murphy is an African prince in this country. And he is supposedly arranged to marry uh, this chick from like another kingdom or something. And he doesn't want to marry her. He wants to find his own bride. So him and Arsenio Hall leave Zamunda in Africa and go to New York to Queens because that's the place that you would find a queen for a king. You need to watch that movie. It will enlighten you to pop culture to Americana. Okay, I, I will. I can see Crelly in New York. Fuck you, Crelly. Oh yes. Fuck you too. Thank you so much. <laughs> fuck you too. And fuck you. Chip chip, fuck you. <laughs> Whenever, whenever have I ever said chip chip on this program? You just ever. did. <laughs> you just did. I, I could show you right in the show just now. You said chip chip. Prior to my past comment, whenever I ever said in the content of this show chip chip? Crikey. Never. See, that there is just slander of the British. You guys are using me as a stereotypical Britishman. You, which I am not. I don't go chip chip. I don't drink tea and scones. I don't hold my pinky finger up. I don't have tea of the queen. I don't have a corgi. I don't. I don't. 
banging the mash. I don't go out for the hunt. I don't do that. I don't do that. I, that is stereotypical, and that is wrong. Well, You've been talking more shit on, on, on the USA than, than freaking Bin Laden in the last hour, and you get upset because people are making fun what? of you? Come on, brother. What, Brooks? And, and, and wow. what is a London broil? I've never had one of those. Have you? A London, London broil is a thick, cheap piece of steak that is like shoe leather that you gnaw on until you either throw it out or choke. Yeah, that's just about. That's basically it. All right. <laughs> but do well, you know I won't eat that with my tea and crumpets. English muffins here sure. in England. What? They don't sell English muffins here in England. Yeah, they that's sell them here in Canada. Chance. It's a myth. They, they made up thing. They literally sell them in Canada, though. I remember when I moved here and I went to McDonald's for the first time for breakfast, and there were no biscuits. I was pissed. I was like, I gotta eat this shit on an English muffin. Now, uh, luckily, they do have biscuits at McDonald's, so I can get a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Now, finally, after about what four or five years, you know, I keep thinking in twenty years. They might actually bring other food from the states here. I don't know. It's just like a slow trend. And uh, maybe Netflix and and Cartoon Network. Fuck you, I mean, shit, I had I had Cartoon Network in the eighties. I mean, what the fuck? They don't have Cartoon Network in Canada. We so we you have can watch a Thundercats reboot. You got to be kidding. Really? We, oh. we have like a retro Cartoon Network, but it doesn't have any of the current stuff on it. Like it shows old GI Joe and old Transformers and old Thundercats and. You know, stuff like that. But, uh, no, I was looking for Thundercats tonight on TV, and I'm like, you got to be fucking shitting me. Because I wanted to watch it. I wanted to talk about it. But, you know, didn't get that opportunity. Eh, you'll you'll get to watch it somehow, I'm sure. You know, Someday. when the time comes. True that. <laughs> so, Bronx, before I let you go, anything else? Oh, yeah, just real quick, uh, on a serious note. You know, this whole thing with Abdullah the Butcher, you know, I mentioned this before. Man, if, if you know, if you don't have anything to hide, take the fucking blood test. And, and what I'm I'm wondering now is... When you sue someone in court like this, can the court actually force him to take this blood test? Um, I would think so. I mean, and, and literally, yeah. you know, to me, it, it's it's no better than if you have AIDS and, you know, you're going out and having promiscuous sex with people, not expunging the fact that you have the AIDS virus, uh, you know, and you're passing that on to other people. Now, hep C is a disease. It's, you know, and it's highly contagious, you know through the blood and bodily fluids and it could lead to a premature death, you know, because it, it, it you know, centers around the liver. Uh, so it really is unfortunate that, you know, Devin was exposed to this, whether it was Abdullah the butcher or not, I don't know until Abdullah takes a blood test and test positive. Um, it's just speculation at this point, but I would think that with a lawsuit, you know, ranging from $6.5 million that he's, he needs to take the test so that we can find out what's going on. Well, from what I understand, I mean, it's like drinking a gallon of vodka a day. It, it, it eats up, you know, it eats up your liver. It, it, and that's, you know, I actually had a, a you know, a relative on, on uh, a side of my family who got hepatitis. And it's not, it's not good. It, it, you know, I mean, but the thing is, even if Abdullah, you know, blows positive on this test, the one thing he's going to have a hard time proving is... Did he get it from Abdullah or did he get it before or after? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. But definitely, you know what? It, it's not going to be that hard to prove it because, you know, again, there is a, a documentary called Don't Bleed on Me. And you right. actually see footage of Abdullah the Butcher blading himself. And then 
uh, blading Devin, and he's literally taken those same fingers that he bladed with and got his blood on there and cutting Devin up and raking Devin's flesh. So one would assume that by taking the blood off the forehead of Abdullah the Butcher and opening up Devin and putting the blood on his forehead while it's already exposed and opened uh, is one hell of a way to transmit hep C to another person. Uh, absolutely. And, I mean, there has to be checks and balances in wrestling. I mean, every company, even if you're a, you know, a, a, a shit indie company, you should, you know, demand blood work done on these guys before you, you let them in the ring. I mean, even if you're not going to blade, I mean, it, you know, spit and sweat and all that stuff flies all over the place. You, you definitely have to take precautions to make sure that your your wrestlers are healthy. I mean, that's one thing you got to you got to kind of give. Well, I mean. Bob Orton, you know, they, he slipped through the cracks. But uh, from what I understand, WWE is pretty good about that. And, I mean, definitely you, you have to take those precautions without a doubt. Nope, I agree. But uh, hopefully we'll hear from Devin in the very near future. Again, trying to get him booked on uh, on Wrestling News Live, um, you know, in the very near future once he's, he's able to talk about it, if he's able to talk about it. But uh, at some point we will have him, whether it's after the case is done. Uh, to kind of fill us in on his side of the story. So a uh, serious issue in professional wrestling. I think this is going to get a lot of widespread media coverage uh, once things are laid out and once the lawsuit goes forward. Um, and even if he wins the lawsuit, I think it's going to be a big story in wrestling. And uh, I think it's going to change the way that a lot of people do things. But when you work in an environment where uh, you know you have the opportunity of getting busted open by people, you know, being tested is something that you absolutely have to do. And if you want to put yourself in a situation where you want to have bloodbath matches with a guy like Abdullah the Butcher, uh, you take your chances. And at the end of the day, that's that's what happened. Unfortunately, Devin lost. Well, one last thing I'll say, because I, I know you, you want to wrap things up. But, I mean, what I'm afraid is the quote-unquote regular media who doesn't know a damn thing about wrestling and only reports on it when something bad happens, like a vulture hovering over a dead freaking body, they're going to turn this into, oh, there's an epidemic of hep C in wrestling. There's an epidemic of disease in wrestling. I'll bet you. I'll bet you, you know, these, these you know, places like ESPN and all these sports, you know, legitimate sports sites are going to take this as a hit on wrestling. Because, you know, after all, the only time wrestling gets any press in the mainstream media is when some bad shit happens. I mean, and that's that's just a shame. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Nancy Grace, and tonight on the show we're going to be talking about the outbreak of Hep C in professional wrestling. Yeah, I could see that happening. You're a bitch, Nancy. Fuck you. No, oh, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> anyway, Bronx, thanks for the call, man. All right, brother. Take care, man. I think we can all echo those sentiments about Nancy Grace. On that note, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap things up. I want to thank everyone for calling in tonight to Unplugged, uh, you know, for listening to the show. And, uh, you know, what a show it was, without a doubt. As always, it's always a train wreck on this network. Something always happens that derails the show. You guys talking about walkie and sci-fi porn, I don't know where that came from. but The advert. It came from the advert. Go back and listen to it. Sick bastards. <laughs> totally sick bastards. So, uh, again, I, I just want to tell you a rest of the week's programming. Uh, there's no pay-per-view this weekend, but I'm sure that on Saturday there will be a new episode of What Would Fans Do? Of course, with Nim El Diablo Ramirez 
and Randy McWilliams. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Sunday, another episode of the Elite Force podcast with Walkie and Mindwipe should be available for your downloading pleasure. Uh, we did upload the latest Elite Force podcast, the midweek edition, today as I got that from Walkie. So uh, if you haven't checked that one out, be sure and do so. On Monday, we're back with Wrestling News Live. The only thing I have set for Wrestling News Live right now is, of course, News of the Week to cover Monday Night Raw. And I did an interview today with Ricky Schroeder, which we will air on the program on Monday night. Um, let's see. Wednesday, the Pro Wrestling Rewind returns with the power Andy Knowles. Who knows what's going to happen on that show this week? Uh, I mean, Andy could go off the deep end on something else. You never know with that guy. And then again, next Friday, we're back with another episode of Unplugged. Might have a guest for that one. I, I'm not really sure yet. We're still looking into that. I think Crelly had something lined up. But uh, we'll get back to you guys on that. So with that being said, on behalf of the fucking foreign kid, Chris Kelly, who apparently is coming to America <laughs> for Bound for Glory, on behalf of the sensational sequel, Sean, and, of course, on behalf of me, JJ, all caps, sexy. And you've just been unplugged. Good night, everybody. U4L, unplugged for life. And bring the sunny weather. Happy trails trails to song is for Crelly. It's from the soundtrack to Coming to America from the Eddie Murphy Arsenio Hall movie. And it's called Coming to America.
You know what the benefit of Bronx dancing to this song is, ladies and gentlemen? He's off his knees. <laughs> Never be the same when Crelly comes to America. Just saying. Good night, everybody. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out.